following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha I was used to the other intro where, like, I'm waiting. Okay, the second congratulations, that's when I come in. No. You can start, so, bringing, you can start why, bringing it down. You can start bringing it down. So that's why I'm looking at you. I'm like, where does the loop end? And I forgot that we did this. Yeah. Well, I like it, though. I like it. I think from time to time, we should just play around with this thing. And spice it up. Yeah, spice it. There you go. Spice it up. There you go. Spice it up. There you go. Just like a marriage. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Really, Leo? <laughs> that's what you get a girlfriend. What? Put my volumes up. Put my volumes up. Come on. Congratulations. You played yourself. Sorry to uh, Mrs. Mrs. Vilches. Yeah, Mrs. Leo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Leo, how are you, bro? I'm okay. I'm You're all right. Okay. I'm good. I'm, I'm feeling better. Uh, I like doing this. I've been watching wrestling the last couple of times that we were going to do the show. I was actually ready to watch the show, and then I wasn't feeling well. So I was, I was actually, I've been doing my homework. I've been watching wrestling. So you're content right now. Oh, dude, I'm freaking enjoying okay. it, bro. I I'm doing okay. How are you doing, Mario? I'm I'm doing okay. Hanging in there. The how's the I... wife? How are the kids? Don't have none of that, how's and it... I'm okay with it. I have how's no the, how's the white picket fence? Listen, it's funny because I turned 35 later this year, right? Ooh. So let, back let, in my day when listen, I was 35. Listen, yeah, because you're like 50. Shut but, up, man! <laughs> I'm only four and a half years older than you are. <laughs> yeah, you're 50. Five. So years. 55. There you go. Okay. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, I was talking to uh I listen, I know I have a lot of friends, you know. Huh? Friends? Both females hey, and, and males. So uh a lot, a lot of my friends have kids or you know, they're they're with a significant other or they've gone through divorce or maybe onto their second marriage or whatever. And I'm just looking at all this and, and I have I'm very open, I'm very honest, and I tell these people like, listen, uh-huh. I am very content that yeah. most likely, all right. Most likely, I probably won't have kids. Okay, but I, but, but kids are not for everyone, right? And That's I have people no don't problem, get. and I have no problem, that, no problem being a stepdad. But one thing I will have for the rest of my life, I'm always gonna have Step a dog. Kids. Uh. 
I'm always gonna have a dog. Yeah. I'm always gonna have a dog. Hell yeah. Okay. So Ryan's not here. No, wait. He's not here. That bastard is right oh, now in Orlando, fuck. and he's gonna go to a Re- AW Revolution. Tonight. He doesn't have kids, and he doesn't have kids. He doesn't have kids at all. So you know where you know where Leo is? Leo's at home with all four of them. Where's Ryan in Florida? Congratulations, you played yourself. So we had to call an audible here, Leo. We had to go back to our roots. We had to go huh. back to our friends huh. when you Ooh. know when the show was just to do it. You can hit the music, Leo. Okay, you, I could now. Yeah. yeah. Oh. We had to go back to our roots. Yeah. We had to give, we had to give shine to one of our friends that gave us a rub yeah. back in the day. Don't call him the hard J. He's one half of the heel march. Our guy Brady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is up, everybody? What is up, Lucha Outsiders? Happy to be back. Brady, what's up, brother? Chilling, man. You know how it is. Custodian of charisma, ophthalmologist of optimism, here to open up everybody's eyes to a little different way of thinking. How are you guys doing, bro? It's a, it's been a long time. I mean, I've I've seen you recently, but it's been a long right. time. You know, in audio form, if you will. Yeah, man, it's been a long time uh, since we had a little crossover action. So this is gonna be fun. Yeah, dude. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, Ryan yeah. Ryan had to take a powder, you know, because he's an AEW Revolution lucky bastard. So I was like, you know what? That's I think this is crazy. The- yeah. yeah. I'm like, listen, I think it's the perfect time to get Brady back on. Let's do it, man. Absolutely. I'm I'm also I'm equally as jealous of Ryan though. That's gonna be an <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. Before so- we get started, give me a second. It's hashtag Red Bull time. <laughs> Oh, don't call it a gimmick. I love that. You know, <laughs> you know what? It re- oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. I know exactly what he's going to do. I, I know exactly what he's going to do. You're not? Oh, man. I know you think I'm going to do that. I thought you think I'm going to do that. I'm actually trying to put people on to something different. Okay. People who know me know I love my Slim Jims, but check this out. If you, if you love, if, if you, if you like a sweet dessert, but you're not trying to like, Die. Kill yourself with the calories. You still Die. want want to look a little good? Yo, check these out, bro. These are those Quaker soy crisps, but they caramel. Oh. Bro, these things are heaven. Okay. These okay. things are heaven, and I'm sure they go fantastic with that little click of the can there. <laughs> and, and I'm sure they go really well with uh, breakfast. <laughs> 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 listen, man. Listen, man. A couple of these with your morning coffee. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's not. <laughs> so it's funny that that Brady mentioned like the whole snack thing and the Slim Jim because that's kind of like it was kind of like a tribute to that. The whole Red Bull thing. First of all, I'm a big Red Bull guy, but right. you know, Brady's. I've been doing the Slim Jim gimmick for for yeah. years, so that's where I kind of got the whole Red Bull idea. Nice. You know, it's funny, man. I, I appreciate you calling it a gimmick. In reality, I just have an unhealthy addiction to those things. Like, this is this is a problem. You know what I'm saying? Years when, like, my hospital issues become public knowledge, everyone's going to be like, oh, shit, that motherfucker better. He should have cut off he, on the sodium. Yeah, he ate, like, he ate, like, a year's worth of sodium in, like, like a week. Awesome. <laughs> Bro, I will... I will get like a box of Slim Jims that come with like 25, 50 of these things. The things that you see in like a mother of five's kitchen, their parents and <laughs> uh, the kids have to ask permission. Can I please have one? Okay, but share it with Bobby. I will demolish that entire box in like a weekend. Bra- Brady does not share. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, the pro- no, I do. Sh- I-, I share my Slim Jims. I want no, the world. No, he actually does share. He's he's nice, a bi- he's nice. big. I'm I want sharing. The world big to I'm be sharing. unhealthy and as happy as I am with Slim Jims. Steve Steve Jordan on the chat says it's okay. I also stick with Cool Ranch Doritos. That's me. Oh, that's, well, that's me. classic. Yeah, that's all. That was always that's always an option. That's yes. always an option. All right, guys, let's get Mama. started here. I think the biggest news of this week. Tony Khan buys Ring of Honor. I've been calling this for months. I think if it should go to anybody, I think it should go to Tony Khan. I know a lot of people say, like, oh, well, you know, WWE could put it back on their archives. But I think that's what WWE's known of doing. They always Mm -hmm. just buy shit. They put it in their network or Peacock, whatever you want to call it. And that's all they do with it. ECW, if we want to take it back to um, ECW with with that amazing documentary, the rise and fall of ECW. That DVD did numbers, okay? And that's what kind of sparked the the reincarnation of ECW, but it should have just remained at, like an annual show instead of an actual brand. If they would have just stick to like the one-night stand model for a couple of years, I think the ECW brand could have like lived a little bit longer. Yeah. But the fact that they just made it a third brand and then they just started watering it down... It just it, it it ruined ECW. It wasn't ECW anymore. It was WWE ECW. So I think the the right buyer was Tony Khan. I'm happy that's going to Tony Khan. Let's see what he does with it. But Brady, let me get your thoughts on it. And what's what was your reaction actually? Well, it's funny. It's funny what you say first off about the ECW stuff because, and I'm sure you've seen like the same documentaries or read the interviews that I read to get this information. But if you recall, Shane yeah. was the one that. Yep. He- was pitching the ECW and his pitch was essentially what would eventually become NXT the whole let's put it online we can do this we can do that we can use it to develop new people or whatever and then Vince you know did whatever he wanted with it so at the end of the day you can have the best ideas in the world going on in WWE but there's always going to be a Vince or a Bruce or whoever else right. to fucking up, get their dirty hands all over your clean idea so I agree with you I think Tony Khan's a good home um my reaction, I, I was happy with it. It's one of those things where he had hyped up this announcement and the rumors start going around. So one big rumor, um, and whether or not this is a news break that we'll get later, or maybe it's still in the works, Yeah. but was an HBO Max yep. streaming deal, which yep. I think would be ginormous. Amazing. Like Amazing. Big yep. news. This right here, let's just say, you know, since we don't know anything, let's say that nothing's official yet, right? But if there's smoke, there's fire. So maybe this is a conversation that's been happening. AEW getting a 17-year tape deck. The library, the ROH library, containing matches, feuds of legends, wrestling legends. Because that's what ROH did, and that's how it should be remembered. It created legends. And some of those legends are with AEW currently. Mm -hmm. Some of those legends aren't wrestling anymore, but maybe... Uh, this library becoming available to wrestling fans could up their status, whether it means an indie return, signings, a return on AEW, ROH, whatever. Right. Some of those legends work for WWE currently. So I think ROH having this library is valuable. And it's something, uh, I'm sorry, AEW having this library is valuable. And it's something that I'm confident they're going to utilize in the best way. WWE never wanted like never had any interest in utilizing ROH footage of guys like CM Punk until they had to. 
Yeah. They were never going to show us ROH Brian Danielson footage until they had to. Right. I don't even think they ever really got in on like the Tyler Black ROH stuff. You know, no. like they really have never taken advantage of how much of that stuff. And I feel like there was a time where they could have. ROH would have been receptive mm -hmm. to some money for Kevin you know, Owens, AJ Styles. The names keep going yeah. on and on. Johnny Gargano. It yeah. goes on and on and on yeah. and on. So it's one of those things where. Like I said, I'm confident that in AEW, this stuff will be utilized to enhance everyone that needs to be enhanced. And arguably speaking, let's just say hypothetically, Shelton Benjamin was to be a free agent tomorrow. Um, and if Shelton Benjamin wanted to do something outside of WWE. If he was to work with Tony Khan, whether it be an AEW, whether it be an ROH revival, if that is to happen... The fact that they own Shelton Benjamin's ROH footage yes, gives yes. them a chance to remind people just as quickly, hey, this is a legend. This is what he's done. This yeah. is who the fuck Shelton Benjamin is. And WWE doesn't even do that with the footage they have of him. So, yeah, there's there's been a lot of uh, criticism at times with Tony um, and some is rightfully so. But when it comes to this Ring of Honor uh, purchase, I, I believe in Tony. I think Tony's going to have a, a good plan for this. I think we need to keep it at Ring of Honor as a separate entity, whether it's it's going to be kind of like a developmental or maybe something else or maybe just another brand or whatever. And then when you decide to have some type of crossover, make it matter. Make it a yeah. big deal. Like, I don't want to see instant crossover right away. Like, if it ends up being like any crossover, maybe it's going to be its own entity. And also, and we'll get into this later, but like I've been very critical on a on AEW and Tony Khan just continuing signing all these talents or whatever. There's the you know just calling just calling for what it is. There's a lot of talents in AEW when they were elsewhere they were being used better. They they were doing things that mattered. Like I look at a guy like Ethan Page. Like I'm not saying I necessarily hate his AEW run, but I think his Impact run mattered a lot more when it comes to wrestling culture. Now, don't get me wrong. I know Ethan Page is getting paid. Good for him. And maybe he's just looking at it more in a financial uh, aspect where he's like, listen, I'm just trying to get paid. But I think a guy like Ethan Page mattered more in wrestling culture when he was an impact. But now that Tony has bought another brand, now this changes everything. Because now it's like, okay, if a guy like an Ethan Page, let's say... You know, he's doing what he's doing with Scorpio Sky and AEW. But he's like, you know what? Let me play around with whatever you guys are doing in Ring of Honor. Now there's another brand where he could win another title, win a major title, or or have a a, a program that actually matters And then instead of wrestling like on Dark or Elevation. Hey, going back to uh, Brady's point, right, where <clears throat> they buy these, these products, right, but then you have a Vince involved or you have a Bruce involved. What happens with a lot of these products is they don't they don't get the essence of them. Uh, I think all of us here, you can go back to a SmackDown, what the essence of SmackDown was at the beginning. It's not what it is now. Raw, it's not what it is now. ECW, it was never what ECW was. But you have, and, and this is one of the things that, with all the signings, we knew that Tony either needed to have a second show or something totally separate. Now, one of the conversations that I was having with, with Mario during the week was that was not have them talk at all. One of the things, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, when SmackDown first came on the scene, there were like two totally different universes. They didn't even talk to each other. Like even the, the imaging was totally different where you had 
your Undertaker growing with, you know, Eddie Guerrero and all these guys, where you only had them cross paths maybe once or twice a year. Survivor Series it, or like a, exactly. a major mania match. But you need them to be separate. So there you go. You have Ring of Honor where you are able to take an Ethan Page where he goes to Ring of Honor and you know what he means for Ring of Honor and not have to build them for the AEW crowd. So as long as he keeps them separate, I think it's going to be awesome. Um, Brady, any more thoughts? So in terms of like AEW, quote-unquote, developmental, I mean, I know it's not really. It's never been lame that, and you kind of have everyone from all across the card making appearances on there. But I think, you know, Dark and Dark Elevation. That's a developmental, yeah. Yeah, like to an extent, you know, obviously, don't get me wrong, for the most part, you're getting a lot of the established guys and – you'll put them in with local talent or up and coming talent or the developmental talent. And they'll kind of be in there to put them over, but nonetheless, it's still ring experience. You do get people on the same level of the card going up against each other. You get a lot of people that wouldn't get TV time able to go there and try their stuff out and see what's going to happen and earn a spot on dynamite. JD Drake got a big match. Um, Keith Lee on Rampage. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that happens without the stuff he's doing on Dark and Dark Elevation with, you know, the wingmen. So I think there's an to an extent they've kind of already got developmental, but right. as you said, the roster's so stacked that with more people coming in and we've got more people on the way. Yeah. You know, yeah. I- there's a there was an interesting rumor that broke last night. Oh, wait a minute. Do tell. <laughs> uh, the the Shane Strickland rumor that apparently he already saw. Oh, the deal. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I read that a few days ago. I I feel like that seems like uh, possibly, if not tonight yeah. debut or dynamite maybe. or dynamite. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I I love uh, I love him getting into the fold. But uh, real quick, back it's ROH. We talked uh, briefly about the HBO Max rumor and how mm-hmm. this would help them out. I mean, to me, it seems basic like it just seems straightforward as to how he'll do this or how he should do this where you know he uses the tape library and everything as a way to sweeten the deal and get that hbo max deal with that you've also need original programming though right yes boom roh is could be their first original programming and so maybe you tune in every saturday at 12 and roh you know, massacre or whatever the fuck they name the show. But ROH <laughs> massacre. <laughs> Ring of Honor. Honor still lives. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's something. You know? Dude, but it's... something like that. Um, you put you put it on there. They signed Jay Lethal already. If you've been reading the rumor sphere, we know John Gresham was backstage yep. talking to them. Yep. We know that the Briscoes have been talking to them, working with them. The so I think um, I think there have been guys like Cheeseburger who have been tweeting openly about, you know, I want to know what happens with ROH because I'm, even though all the contracts have been kind of let loose, there's a right. lot of people who don't necessarily have contracts to sign now. Mm-hmm. They want Ring of Honor. They need Ring of Honor to come back. Mm-hmm. We know that the Ring of Honor does have a show scheduled to go in a few months. Yeah. So I think we're going to see a lot of moving pieces. I think there's a chance that AEW, and maybe they should do this, who knows, they might want to use ROH kind of as their own, instead of not necessarily their own developmental, but their own indie. Right, right. Like just a, like a second, 
I want to word this correctly because I don't want people to think like I'm belittling Ring of Honor because I'm so happy that Ring of Honor, now we know that Ring of Honor is still going to, but kind of like like their second tier brand, if that makes any sense, where they might not run like big venues like AEW does, but they'll do like a 2300 arena in Philadelphia. They'll do like some of these smaller like... NXT, bro. Yeah, pretty kind of <laughs> like their NXT... <laughs> I feel like I feel like they could go right into like because right now if we're t- looking at the landscape of independent wrestling. Don't get me wrong; there's so many out there in every little town, big town. We're all over the world. Right. But some of the biggest names going on right now? We've got to talk about GCW, right? Like yeah. they are the indie fed. They're, they're and- the modern day ECW right now. Basically, mm-hmm. and it's because of a they kind of everything about indie wrestling in that street. We did it ourselves, man. That is encapsulated with the GCW. However, at the same time, the wrestlers you see on television show up at GCW. Yeah. John Mox, yep. the champion. Yeah, Matt Cardona. You know what I mean. So they have all these things. So with ROH. If they decided to not necessarily compete with GCW, you know, obviously independent wrestling, the landscape is big right. enough, but they eventually essentially would take up that spot and do that. And you can get ROH guys to do the ROH shows. You can get GCW guys, the independent wrestlers to do an ROH show. And of course, yes, you can get the AEW guys. And I don't necessarily look at it a crossover, but since our, if you treat ROH like an indie, boom, an AEW guy appearing for, you know, like you put Lance Archer. In an ROH match, why not? Right, right. right. And, you know, and I think what you're trying to say too is, especially in this landscape that we're in now, unless you're WWE's in their own world, but like the rest of wrestling, it's kind of like their own multiverse. That's why Impact's gonna have a show WrestleMania weekend called Multiverse of Matches. So I feel like right. all these wrestling companies that matter, right? Like that that actually have a buzz behind them. They're all interacting with each other in in either in a little form or in a big way. They have to. So like uh, you mentioned, you mentioned a uh, GCW guys potentially doing like a Ring of Honor show. L- look at it, uh, Supercard of Honor. You have Ninja Mac. That's a GCW regular. He's a oh, that, that's always in the GCW uh, shows. He's gonna have a match of Supercard of Honor for um in the, in the Dallas show. So you have right. that crossover there. Because for a while now, ROH has essentially been what I'm describing. It's essentially been its own indie. You know, I think ever since the AEW guys kind of left, yeah, take ROH seriously as a TV show was a little short-sighted. You know what I mean? Like they never really got back to where they were and they kind of were just an indie where if ROH is coming to your town, yeah, let me check them out. Right. But do you are you aware of what's been happening? I don't think a lot of people were. I think another thing AEW or Tony Khan gets with ROH, um, and this could be AW's gain if they wanted to do this this way. They got a stack roster. They got four TV shows a week now. Who knows if we get more? Especially we're gonna have an AW show every single day of the week. <laughs> Yo, legit, man. The possibilities are endless. But here's the thing with, with WWE, and it's obviously not the same because when WWE bought WCW, WCW was alive. They flat out just killed it. This is something where AW's bought ROH. It's dead. Right. So. The hope is that they'll revive it. But even if they don't immediately start ROH as their own thing, or hell, even if they fucking do, we've seen AEW take advantage of working with other companies and using their championships. Even if you don't see them defend it all the time on their show, just having FTR with the AAA championships or whoever it may be. So those things are ways that they enhance their talent. And with ROH, 
you've got championships that have more legacy, you know, more storied history than any of their championships. And that right there is a get. That's a big get. I I could easily picture, especially a Supercard of Honor, their main event is to to crown the undisputed Ring of Honor World Champion, Jonathan Grisham Bandito, right? Because technically we have two Ring of Honor champions. So I could see if... Which, if I was a betting man, I would say Jonathan Grisham will go over, hold both titles, and then out comes Brian Danielson and just has a face-off. And that's how the show ends. You know, it teases. You tease the potential matchup somewhere down the line. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, AEW is in a perfect situation with this. Because, like I, I mentioned earlier, you have Ring of Honor legends in your company. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got your CM Punks, you've got your Brian Danielsons, yes. the young, y- the young bucks, the, the list goes on and on. Yeah. Um, um, Christopher Daniels, Adam Cole, Fra- Adam Cole Frankie Kazarian, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish. And, yeah. and let's be you honest, got Samoa Joe. you got Samoa Joe around there right. just floating around. Also, you had the Ring of Honors. They're doing a the Hall of Fame. CM Punk's getting inducted. Brian Danielson's is getting inducted. And let's be honest yeah. here, as, as much as we're happy that Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor because I, I truly believe he's going to do something with it. Let's also just state the facts that Ring of Honor was pretty much the sperm donor of what ended up becoming AEW with All In. 100%. 100%. That's pretty much what happened, which leads me to my next point is, now that Tony Khan owns Ring of Honor, are we going to see an All In 2 at some point? Because now I mean- you could do an All In Right, because now you own the name and make it all in. Have all these different promotions that you're working with, right, or have a, have done business with Impact Wrestling. Now you own Ring of Honor, New Japan, GCW, um, the AAA. Like you have all these different companies. Now you could technically do another all in. Yeah, and you could even get like a betting thing going into it, where all the companies are betting with yeah. each other. Impact, Ring of Honor, New Japan, yep. AW. All right, well we're all. And you could make some stakes, yeah, man. A hundred percent. That could be like the metaverse show, fantasy booking, um, baby. Where everybody just is all in on it. Yeah, let's get all into a Madison Square Garden, baby. Let's do let's it. Go. <laughs> I mean, that's another. That's another big get. The fact that now they finally own, which was their yeah. birth, all yeah. in. And as you mentioned, that name can now they can get that yep. back and add another name to their resume of shows mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, I think it's just it's. It's a fun time yeah. to be a wrestling fan. It really is, dude. It really so is. much hate for it. But it's like, what did you want? This was the situation they were in. They needed a savior, a benefactor to come in. And there's no richer wrestling fan. There's no richer man who's willing to put his money where his mouth is and try to benefit the wrestling world quite like Tony Khan. Yep. Tony Khan's out there creating a W, buying Ring of Honor. With Ring of Honor comes, as you mentioned, a Hall of Fame. Yep. Yeah. But but what what they don't get, Brady, and, and you said the word hate before, right? What, what a lot of people that hate on what's going on, they hate it because, first of all, they didn't think of it first, and they didn't have the resources to do it. But second of all, it's because they're in that in that tunnel vision of wrestling is only WWE, right? I'm going to share this oh, with yeah. you guys real quick, right? So the guy that I work with in the mornings, he was in uh, Portland, Oregon uh, for three weeks, right? And he's flipping through the channels. And again, this guy doesn't know wrestling. And he puts on TV over there, right? Like an indie show, like a real, like uh, it was in a gym type shit, right? 
So I start to explain to him how the WWE killed wrestling at a local level. Why? Because when you had these shows coming in, you had the whole, you know, hoopla where you had Ric Flair coming in or, you know, WCW or ECW at the time. But what Tony Khan is doing is he's giving you that next option. He's giving you that second option where now you're able to come in and have these shows. And 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 again, I'm going to sound like a broken record to Mario because I already told him this, but now you have that Ring of Honor where you're able to treat it as a totally separate show, right? But don't have it look like AEW. Have it look like the Ring of Honor that we know, right? Because you want to be able to have that other option. And with what you guys are saying with the all-in, dude, I'm already picturing, like, have the guys come in, different entrances. You set up three different entrances. They all come in, like, their own look. That's how that's how AAA used to do it back in the day, where you had your, your bad guys coming in from the heels. They had their own type entrance, and then your baby faces had their own. Didn't TNA do that at one point, too, at the Impact Zone, where with, like, Aces and Eights, and I think with LAX, they would have their own entrance, too, like, on the other side of the building? I don't remember that. They had something like that. Find where, that. I remember where, something like that. They, yeah. They, what would be on the other side of the building? Well, regardless, I don't, I don't know the logistics of this, but regardless, I think now that Tony owns the name all in since he owns Ring of Honor, I think they could do something fun, man. I think they could do something fun here with all these different promotions. Let's talk about something fun they could do. Um, Cody Rhodes. Okay. Right? Okay. Cody Rhodes has left AEW. Okay. <laughs> rumors are going crazy that he's going to WWE. I've recently read rumors that that may not happen. Yep. 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 Those rumors that it may not happen kind of happened around the time that ROH purchase became public. Yep. Uh, we've been getting different clues and things about why Cody and Tony decided to go separate ways. A lot of it seemed about Cody couldn't control. You know, give Cody- the man power. He wants power. Yeah, give yeah, him yeah, power. <laughs> Give him Legitness. honor. Give like, him honor. <laughs> like, you know, and it's like we saw Vince give Triple H NXT, but then kind of take it away. Maybe Tony just gives it to Cody, lets him do his thing. That listen, uh, when we when the news broke uh, of Cody Rhodes leaving AEW, it, it it listen, it was just the talk of like the wrestling world for the rest of that week. Everybody was like, couldn't believe that one of the the founding fathers of AEW is just completely like just putting AEW behind behind them. It was insane. So obviously, me and Ryan Radar, we did a we did a, a, a mini sode, okay, talking about this whole situation. And Ryan at a point of the episode, Ryan just had this just outburst. He's like, "Just give Cody power. All he wants is power. That's all he wants." There <laughs> it's, 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 it's but you know what, man. Um, I feel like if I would be happy if this is the route that we're going, let's say Tony buys Ring of Honor and then Tony contacts Cody and tells him, like, listen, this Ring of Honor project, this is all yours. You could do whatever the hell you want. I can't run it. I can't. I'm doing AEW. I need somebody else to do this. This is all yours. And if this is what is making Cody like, you know what? Screw it. I'm, I, I, I have faith in myself that I could do something with this and I could br- I could add life back to Ring of Honor. And and I think at the same time, Cody has a special place in his heart for Ring of Honor because he won his world first world title there. Yeah, and- it was the first it was the first and arguably only company that looked at yeah, him as, a as the main adventure yeah. mm-hmm. he saw himself at and was like, 
Who do you want to wrestle? Go ahead. Let's let's get your bucket list and, and do it here. Right. What do you want to do? You want to join this group? Okay, great. They gave the keys to the castle mm-hmm. to that whole Bullet Club, but I feel like I always thought Cody was like the catalyst right. to right. them becoming more than just a stable and becoming almost, it seemed like, business partners with yeah. Ring of Honor. That's pretty much what and it was. Because remember, initially, the, how the, all, the whole all-in thing happened is because Someone asked Dave Meltzer a question about, like, hey, do you think Ring of Honor could sell out, like, a, I think it was, like, a 10,000-seat arena or whatever. And then uh, Dave Meltzer, and listen, I have my opinions about Meltzer, but Meltzer said no. And then Cody was like, you want to make a bet on it or whatever it is, and then that's how all in happened. But what if that's what Tony does? He gives Cody the power because that's all he wants is he wants power. And that's what's kind of now driving Cody away from this potential, quotation marks, potential, WWE return, and, you know, I don't know how you feel about this, Brady, and this is completely like, at the end of the day, I just want Cody to be happy and whatever he decides to do. Whatever he decides to do, if he shows up to WWE, I'll pop, but I also don't want him to to be just a mid-card because we've seen Cody's growth in recent years, and he's a main main event level guy. But I also, you know what, you know what's my biggest nitpick if he was to go back to WWE? Stardust. No, not not even that. (laughs) Not even that. I I still want him to keep, I want him to Keep his current theme song, The Kingdom. <laughs> you just say that, yeah. I, that's my biggest thing. I don't want him to change his no, song. I, I no, love that I, song I, so much. No, I 100 agree. I feel, and, and not only agree, I think it's critical. Like, if hypothetically, if Cody was to return to WWE and it was actually to be a meaningful routine, uh, return, one with legs, right? One that's gonna right. last the remainder of this return, this run, he'd have to come out. To his current theme, mm-hmm. any of his other themes? Well, no, 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 no. Would actually get him the main thing. No, no, no. no! no! It has to be kingdom. Right. It has to be. Kingdom. It has to be. And if they're not willing to do that, then I take that as a giant sign that they're not on the same page mm-hmm. of where Cody wants to be. Cody should be. I feel like I'm with you. Whatever Cody does for his family, you know, just had a baby. So obviously he's thinking differently than he was three years ago. So I get all that. But it, it, it really would break my heart. Um, And and a lot of that's the unknown, man. You know, we don't know the details. We look at Cody as Cody left WWE because he wanted to show what he could do. He proved himself as a draw. He proved himself as a top wrestler, proved himself as a promo guy, a business guy, created a company, wanted to prove himself all across the board, and eventually was told, yeah, you're you're just a wrestler. You know, like, you're just a talent. Here's your script. Kind of just like the way it was over there. So I guess, you know, like there's so many things we don't know. Did he get to that point? He's like, all right, well, if this is, if I'm just going to be a wrestler again, then you need to pay me WWE money. Because otherwise, what the fuck am I doing? Like, so we don't know all the details. But I I do believe that a lot of it is that chip that Cody just should have on his shoulder Mm -hmm. that, that says... You, why? I don't understand where the fuck I have to go to get my respect. Like, who is it that forgot who the fuck Cody Rhodes is? And what ladder match do I have to have to show what cage do I have to do a moonsault of to show you otherwise? So, I think if Tony really just did that, and here's the thing about ROH, we're speaking very positively about it, obviously. We've got positive outlooks, but there's going to be a lot of people that will undoubtedly look at Ring of Honor as a developmental or a C program or whatever you want to call it simply because 
it's property of AEW. So that means AEW's A, ROH is two. Or because ROH is a company that the argument could be made, AEW kind of helps put them out of business and then revive them. So once again, that just gives them that solidified two spot, B spot down there. But, you, but that to me sounds like a challenge for Cody. That right, Cody might jump. Right. But it, it, you just said it right there, challenge. Because remember, and I'm going to compare this to when the brand split first happened and you had Paul Heyman on one side and then I, I forget who was running Monday Night Raw back Bishop, then. Bishop, I think. Uh, well, Bishop was the was the GM, but I don't know if he had creative control. But Paul Heyman, actually, oh, you're talking about behind the scenes, right? Oh, my right. Bad. Like SmackDown and Paul Heyman had a chip on their shoulders, right. and that's why right. he started like you know pushing all these guys like the Eddie Guerrero's, the Chris Benoit's, hey, the Edge, Rey Mysterio, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And you know, if you go back and watch those those episodes, you know, SmackDown in many ways was a better show than Monday Night Raw, and SmackDown was taped, you know, so. I yeah. can see it down those lines, like Cody, right? For better or for worse, he he looks at Ring of Honor. And he's like, okay, this is my project. I'm going to have creative control. My my goal is obviously he's not going to put down and put AEW out of business because they're all one the same company. But my goal is to put on a better product than Dynamite, than Rampage, because that's how you know Cody wants power, and that's in his creative mind. He has that Dusty in him, and I can see him doing that. And if he and if he's doing it on a streaming service, we've been saying HBO Max. Right. And I, I mean, I think HBO Max is just like ideal. That's I, one of the I, biggest. Absolutely. Absolutely. One thousand percent. You you know, people, maybe somebody's only got Amazon. They don't right. have Hulu. They only have Hulu. They don't have Netflix, whatever. HBO Max. I know everybody has got that in their house, man. Right. Whether it's there, someone else's. Everyone's right. got HBO right, right, right. Max. That on those shows. Um for Cody Rhodes to be kind of put in charge of the wrestling original content right. that would be flowing onto HBO Max, that's a big spot. And I think Cody Rhodes would jump at the chance. You know, like I said, we've already got our Jay Lethals, our Briscoes that we assume would fall right into that ROH spot. Uh, Flip Gordon recently made his return to being the elite, mm -hmm. maybe – Maybe he'd be a slot in there. I think Cody Rhodes with his connections and ROH connections would get a lot of wrestlers. I think a Ninja Mac yeah, would, would yeah. bring a Dante Leon, a lot of these GCW yeah. guys. Alex Zane, Alex Zane, Blake Christian. 100%. Mm -hmm. uh, like a lot, of, a lot of the guys who NXT or WWE released, who AEW couldn't pick up that did become mainstays and are mainstays in the indie scene and the GCW scene. I think this is this is a potentially a third brand on a major televised network that could give them contracts, put them on TV. Yep. And GCW is luckily, I feel like they've been digging, digging below ground and finding their underground talent because they, they just keep yeah. So GCW could lose some of these guys as they get TV deals. I think JCW would just create new stars. Um, but also, Steven what's dope, also what's dope in in the landscape of wrestling now is like GCW is in its own universe in many ways because you see all these different talents from all these different promotions: Ring of Honor, yep. Impact, New Japan, AEW, yep. AAA, still have matches in GCW. <laughs> Because it's an indie, and these yeah. and Impact and AEW are le essentially letting their guys mm. do these indies, yeah. and that's what changes the game so much. Because they also let them do Impact or AEW. I mean, right. not recently, but we've seen it. Right. Um, it's it's 
it's crazy because I think I guess a lot of people do and, and deservedly so. I'd say Impact is the number three wrestling company right now in the U.S. for sure. But ROH throw them on HBO Max. I think they come number three easily because ROH was number two before AEW came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, it's um, dude, it, it's it's a crazy time with all the speculation and where things are gonna go. But I'm just happy that Ring of Honor is still gonna somewhat be alive whether it becomes a brand or whatever it becomes but i you know what the whole cody rhodes idea wouldn't wouldn't be bad dude. you you see the number I, that i have on the screen <laughs> 46 million people downloaded hbo max last year yeah that's a lot Shit. of people <laughs> 46 and million. that's just downloaded last year not how many people have it that's last crazy year. 2021 you know you know what they need to do i think this other <laughs> Peacock on that though. Where's Peacock? Uh, Peacock number is number four. four with thirty million. Okay. There, right. there needs to be like another like like company that gets all these um like apps or whatever and goes like, listen, it you know because you're you're paying ten bucks here, you're we'll paying pay, like we'll twenty pay for the download. <laughs> like, listen, what you could do is you could get all these different apps and applications or whatever for one annual price. You just pay it and then you're subscribed to all of them. That's what they need to do. do. You want- you want what is it what they call it like the the fire stick before it became legal when that shit was a <laughs> Cody, 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 Cody. Cody. Yeah, that's what I want. I want hey. I want a legal Cody. Hey Cody, Cody Rose. <laughs> I want a legal Cody. All right, all right. Uh, okay. So speaking of free agency and all this stuff, Cesaro he left the WWE, and this one caught me by surprise too, because I remember last year he was in contract negotiations, and I guess he just signed like an a year deal. And now, and now he's a free agent, man. And you know, anytime there's a free agent, anytime somebody gets fired, the most common thing is like, I can't wait till they go to AEW. And yeah, how many yeah. more people is AEW gonna get? I know now it's changed because now Tony owns Ring of Honor. But when it comes to just the AEW brand alone, not everyone could be on the show. Like I have my worries for guys like Keith Lee. Look at Jay Lethal. He made his appearance on Full Gear. What has he really done in AEW? So I don't necessarily think that Cesaro should go to AEW, but that doesn't mean he can't pop up in this new reincarnation of Ring of Honor, or he can't just be a guy that just bounces all over the place, like in New Japan or Impact Wrestling or or a GCW. You know, I could I would love to see Cesaro do like a blood sport. That would be fun. That would be fun. Um, with Cesaro, it's one of those things. And I was like you. I was shocked when it happened because I I could have sworn. Like, I don't know if it was a year or two years, but I could have sworn the report said he signed a five-year deal. And I, I feel like I remember it happening around the beginning of yep. AEW. Mm-hmm. Like, so, or a, at least around when guys like Moxley started jumping over, started moving over. I remember that was when everyone, the rumors were like everyone in WWE is waiting for their contract to run A lot of people in WWE are looking forward to going to AEW. FTR or The Revival leaving WWE for AEW. And so I feel like that was when we started reading, oh, he signed a five-year deal. And I was like, well, damn, Cesaro's stuck. Um, so him being able to make the decision to leave makes me happy. Only because like I really do feel like Cesaro's just been a prisoner for like his entire WWE stay just a workhorse who will do whatever they want him to do and he'll do it better than anyone can and yet they really could care less like and so cesaro is just somebody that i hands down believe is just 
better than like anyone. Like I truly think like I don't necessarily know if resume wise people can make the argument that he's the best wrestler in the world yet without having some haters jump down their throat. But him leaving WWE makes me very hopeful that by 2023, a lot more people are saying, who's the best wrestler in the world? Oh, it's Cesaro or whatever name he has to go by. Claudio, it'll be, who knows? Yeah, it'll be Claudio or maybe he, I think he'll go back to Claudio. But yeah, just the idea of him potentially having a match with like Jonathan What's, Grisham or he, something, you know, like it's he, just. He, just he, he, uh, he, um, he should use the name he uses on a pup down down. He should, what was it, Swiss? I think so. Swiss. Swiss something. I'd, I'd go for Swiss. Just call him Swiss and let him fuck people up. You know, so, so you, you don't like Cl uh, Claudio Cannoli? Claudio Castanoli. No, I know, man. <laughs> it's a joke. Claudio Cannoli would be no! awesome. No! 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 <laughs> you have no idea how long I've been, I've been holding that joke. Dale. <laughs> I'm just saying, yo, Leo, you can write. Leo, you should write a children's book about food. I'm not even fucking with you. Claudio Cannoli. Claudio Cannoli. And, and he spins pizza faster than anybody else. A hundred spins uh, in the match. Pedro Plantain or Pablo Plantain. Wait, no, that's a kaiju. No, what so, they, what they need one. to do now is... What they need to do is like some artist, whoever listens to this podcast, whatever. I'm giving you, if you're an artist, I'm giving, you, I'm giving you an idea. What you do now is you get a cannoli and you make them cartoon form and you have them dressed like Cesaro. Let's go, Victoria. Let's go. <laughs> That's yeah. what you do now. And you have Claudio Cannoli. <laughs> <laughs> with, with, with the armband. <laughs> oh, you know what? Um, it, it's. So you, I look at Cesaro's WWE career uh, and what he had or whatever, and for the most part, he was just a tag team guy. Even though he had, he was a great singles wrestler, but they really never did much with him. I whether they never gave him a singles right, push, right? Even though, like, I remember the Cesaro section. Remember when when fans were just getting behind him and they were like, "We want to see him have a singles run, the King of Swing, he, all that stuff." Like, it's just. But, Man, they just never couldn't capitalize on that. Well, well, no. Bullshit couldn't, man. They fucking outright refused to. They refused, exactly. They just didn't. They chose not to. The section push happened. Yeah. But he was in a heel tag team. He was teaming with Swagger at that time. Yeah, yeah. Because of his, like, hot tags, because of his spots and his swings and everything he was doing, the fans just got behind them mm -hmm. so much though. And this is like, I, I remember this moment like it was yesterday. This is where I pride myself on when it comes to predictions. <laughs> it was whatever WrestleMania was and we were doing predictions. And I remember somebody was like, you know, for the battle Royal 30, it was WrestleMania 30. Okay. Boom. And I predicted Cesaro only for the guy who was tallying the picks or whatever to say, bro, Cesaro's not in the match. Cesaro has a kickoff match. He's with, you know, Timo Swagger. And I didn't pick a new one. I was like, you know what? I'm sticking with Cesaro. He's basically the Swiss Chuck Norris. He'll, he'll fucking Swiss do it. Swiss Chuck Norris. Swiss Chuck Norris, bro. If anyone can do it, it's fucking Cesaro. And sure as shit, WWE pulls an audible mm -hmm. backstage, throws him in. There was 31 people in because they just added it. They didn't take anyone out. They just added Cesaro into it. And the son of a bitch wins the fucking match. And, and that was them capitalizing on this singles push that they didn't orchestrate or want. They probably just also didn't have a winner plan. So like, all right, right. let's just give it to the post over guy. Cesaro, get it out there. But then the next night they fuck it up. Somehow, 
by giving them Heyman. The only person who's ever, like, your push gets fucked up because they give you Paul Heyman. Like, what? It's Cesaro. <laughs> he, he didn't need Heyman. I still, I still, I still don't think um, Cesaro's the worst. Like, Heigenreich was just a debacle. Oh, God, I forgot about that. I literally, I washed that from my brain. That is a disgusting ass. Heigenreich was a debacle. You know what it was at the time? And I'm going to go back to the whole Cesaro thing. But at the time, when Brock left, WWE was eager to find a new Brock Lesnar. And they were trying to put that image on anybody that was like over six foot five and had you know some type of, of muscles you know like meaty they gave it a high and right that didn't work they tried to do it with the Sinsnitsky. it didn't work they tried uh, mike knox i could keep naming guys mike knox uh remember luther reigns the original reigns oh. luther reigns i could keep naming guys yeah. they tried to find as a new brock lesnar and they all Failed miserably. Mason Ryan. I could keep going here, people. No, no, stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I actually remember liking Luther Reigns. I think it's because I found him in a movie. Get out. <laughs> like, like, I, like, I remember seeing, like, I was watching a movie, and I was like, oh, shit, that's fucking Luther Reigns. All right, guys. <laughs> All right. Uh, so with Cesaro, you know what does upset me uh, besides um, him not like getting like a, a proper singles run is the fact that we never got a bar reunion. Because I the bar, I love the bar so much. Sheamus and Cesaro, at, when they were going, they were like honestly one of my favorite tag teams. I loved everything that the bar did. When Sheamus came back, like remember he disappeared and we were like, oh, we don't. he's got an injury. We don't right, know what's right, going right. on with right. Sheamus. He might be done. And then he started wrestling again. I was like legit pissed that i was like why is sheamus on the same brand as cesaro but they're not together like if you're gonna not have them together fine but keep them apart don't put them on the same brand and they're right. just why wouldn't they be together this makes no fucking sense what are you talking about here cesaro is barely doing shit like just give me the bar again i don't get it yeah. so yeah I, I i hated that also so instead we ended, cesaro, instead what we ended up getting is the sushi bar with nakamura and cesaro jesus christ yeah <laughs> That's what we end up I mean, getting. so on one hand, I'm starting to like, I am getting to that point that everyone has been on for a while where AEW is just very stacked. With that said, they're doing a good job. So, for example, um, Buddy Matthews makes his debut in AEW. My guy, right? Buddy. Love Buddy. I'm a big so, Buddy guy. Big Buddy guy. And I'm happy to see him in AEW, right? But here's the thing. Him coming in doesn't necessarily add to the stacked roster yes. because there's a slot for him right there waiting for him in House of Black. Which, so it's not which like makes perfect sense. I Listen, how they were portrayed this week when they're all wearing like dark suits or whatever, I love this because that's Buddy's spot. Now, you know, not like kind of predicting the future or whatever, but whenever whenever hopefully it happens like a year or two from now because I want them to have like a good stretch as a stable – Whenever the House of Black splits, then what happens to Buddy Matthews, you know? But we're not there yet. Right. I mean, same thing with Wardlow, right? Eventually, Wardlow's going to have to go on his own. We're going to get that MJF split. But for now, they can continue to tell right. this story. We basically got MJF with, like, always a second feud with Wardlow with the story they're telling. But it's all in the same segment. It's all in the same stuff. Wardlow's a made, all, Wardlow's a made guy, though, because he's going to be, like, the next Goldberg in AEW, except he's, he knows how to wrestle. That's the difference. They're, they're giving him the Batista push. And yeah. it's, I'm surprised at how well it's working. Like, I didn't think the fans were going to be as receptive. Dude. What do they call it? The Powerbomb Serenade? Sim or, no, the or, Powerbomb uh, uh, symphony S 
Symphony, symphony. Of, power. Yeah, yeah. Symphony of power bombs. I really, like, I did not think that that was going to work. It works, I did bro. not think that Wardlow doing a power bomb was going to get as over as it did, but Let's, fuck it, man. I, one thing one, one thing I got to point out is the power bombs are back in, bro. I don't know if you noticed, but there's some lethal-ass power bombs out there now. You know, not, I'm not even bringing up Keith Lee, but, like, last night with, like, uh, my guy uh, Big Cass, yo, he's hitting these jackknife power bombs like Kevin Nash. It's very Kevin Nash-esque. Yeah. Fucking um, Jonah, uh, formerly Bronson Reed, he power bombed the shit out of PCO yeah. last night. Off the fucking stage. Yeah, man. So power bombs are in, bro. Power bombs are officially back in. <laughs> but that's kind of why I didn't think it was going to get over because mm-hmm. it's not like he's the only one power bombing people. And it's also not like he's the best guy power. You know, his power bomb is okay. Right. You know what I mean? I, 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 I think I, it's the way he does it. it. I think the way he does it because after he nails like the first one and the second one, he rolls the person over in a certain way where yes. boom. That's it's the role. Right. It's the way, the delivery of the powerbomb. I'll be honest. I think Wardlow's just got swag, man. Like, the guy just has a look. He's got a swag. Like, I remember it was a long time ago, MJF was doing something, and he kind of just had, like, a weird smile in the background. Yeah. And I saw the same thing from Roman years ago, too. It was just a certain smile, Roman, that I was like, all right, he's got that star quality. He, this guy, he's got that right. switch. He right. has Wardlow presence. Has, Wardlow's naturally charismatic. That yeah, yeah, he definitely has a certain swag to him, and he actually could talk. I mean, we don't really see much of that, right. like on AWTV. But like, I just recently heard an interview with him. The guy has charisma. Yeah. He's a charismatic guy. He knows how to talk. Right. He has like a very deep voice or whatever. I remember the the interview I was listening to. The guy that was interviewing him told him like, "Hey, you should do like voiceover work. Like, that's how good his voice is." All right. No, he's very well spoken. Like, I, I, I don't know if it was the same interview, but I've heard interviews with him also. And I had the same exact thought that you were describing where it's just kind of like, all right, this guy has layers. And the fact that AEW has been able to like, they've been so successful in pushing him as the silent muscle, the meathead, the, the powerbomb guy. When there are so many levels we haven't seen and layers that he can show us. Yeah, the sky is the limit with Wardlow. Um, to, to jump back to Cesaro real quick. So like I, like I was saying, I do think AEW is too stacked. And I do think we're verging on the point where it's a bit difficult to get excited about someone's debut when you then have to wonder, okay, but where does he really fit? When can I see him next? Right. When, right. you know, not everyone, you know, you got your Brian Danielsons, your CM Punks who were able to make their debuts in every week. They've kind of got a spot on TV for him. Mm-hmm. But then you've got your Jay Lethals and even to an extent, your Keith Lee. Yeah, Keith Lee, Keith I Lee know, too. Keith Lee, well, Keith Lee was on a honeymoon right. like right mm-hmm. after. So I'll give them that, you know, and then he finally came back and he was on a rampage. So And he's in the face of the revolution match. So we'll hold off on yeah. Keith Lee. But there, there's plenty of others that have come into a lot of fanfare and then had to take a step back. And Cesaro... That kind that, that's kind of what happens to him. Like that, that people want to do that to him. So on one hand, like that kind of shit does scare me a bit. On the other hand, I think Cesaro is scary good. He really like, is. Like in terms of the science and the art that is pro wrestling, nobody can do the things he can do. Um, like and and Mark Henry's even said it. Where like I could probably lift more than Cesaro, but Cesaro is like stronger than yeah. me. Like if yeah. that makes sense. he did say that he said that. 
Yeah, like he knows how, like in pound for pound, he might have used, but like he knows how to do things with his body and how to lift people with a science so that, you know, I, like I said, I can bench press more than him, but he knows how to do this and that. So like Cesaro's just fucking genius and smart and nobody can match his stamina. Nobody can match his strength. The only thing really missing is the promo. But as AEW has shown, whether it's pairing Jade up with Smart Mark, whether it's pairing Andrade up with, he's had a couple of different people that paired him up with, but like there are people that can do this for him. He doesn't have to talk. You know what I mean? And we learn nothing from the OG Brock and Paul pairing. Right. Like, Cesaro can, A, Cesaro can get a, my, a mouthpiece. And for the record, if anyone's listening, I volunteer as, as tribute. Uh, or <laughs> Cesaro, really, like his his wrestling skills speak for themselves, man. You throw him into an AEW ring and you give him a chance every fucking week to showcase how he's the best wrestler in the world. That guy gets over in a week. It's like just, gangbusters over. And Cesaro's that kind of guy, too, that less is more with him when it comes to the mic. All he needs to do is be himself. And and people are, are attracted to that and people are going to be glued to what he says. He doesn't have to play a character or have like some umph to him or whatever because Cesaro naturally if you hear Cesaro like in interviews or whatever like you gravitate to him he's and he's not he's just being himself so I think if you see that more on TV or like wherever he ends up whether it's an impact or an MLW or New Japan whatever we just see him just being himself I think that's perfectly fine he doesn't have to cut like a, a Five ten minute promo on someone. So so uh, Brady before said that uh, Cesaro was the Chuck Norris of wrestling Right? Swiss Chuck Norris, but yes, sir. Chuck Norris of wrestling. I like it. Yeah. I hate you, Leo. Okay. I really do. <laughs> I hate you, Leo. He could be Claudio, the Texas Ranger. No? Okay. I thought that was funny. All right. Now I hate you, too, Leo. La puta madre que te parió. Hijo de la remil puta. No! Dale. Dale. But, like, like, Mario, like, like, picture Cesaro and... You could you could treat it like it's fucking WWE 2K. You can go random. Give me any wrestler. You right. have put Cesaro in there, and he's doing the UFO. Let's say 20, 30 the, rotations. The UFO, the big swing. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the, the pops that he gets from an AEW audience. And then the all we need is AEW committing to it. Right. Giving him time literally every week. He needs a spot on the show every week, and he can do it. And... Like, I just feel like AEW really is the company for wrestlers. And it's the company where the wrestlers shine. Uh, I don't think Tony Khan really got Orange Cassidy when he came in. But Orange Cassidy got time and opportunity to show what he could do. Orange Cassidy got over with the fans. And Orange Cassidy has had a pretty solid spot ever since. I feel like Cesaro can have that similar effect. Where nobody's going to have a bad thing to say about Cesaro's in-ring work. Right. And as long as they can just craft that character and the stories, and who knows, they've been pretty good at pairing people up with stables. I don't really off the bat know a stable that Cesar would fit into. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe the Brian Danielson stable that he's building. I was just gonna say it as soon as you said maybe the same time. I was like, he's about to say it. Yeah, yeah. If Brian Danielson and Moxley actually start this like architects of war type of stable, you know, right. where they're just creating demons from the newer guys, Cesaro could. Fit in there perfectly. Hell, maybe Moxley says no to Danielson tonight and Cesaro comes out of nowhere and says yes. That's a possibility too. And just kind of just removing AEW from the conversation real quick. There's so much Cesaro could do, right? Like 
He could have dream matches in, in, in companies like, like I would love to see him and Jonathan Grisham. I would love to see him and Joshua Alexander. I would love to see Cesaro do the G1. Like, that's a possibility, too. Like, there's so many options that Cesaro could do. Imagine Cesaro and Minoru Suzuki going at it. Like, like there's so Woo! much. There is so much shit Cesaro could do outside of AEW. Like, that necessarily Woo! have to be, like, a straight thing that he does, you know? You know what's a match I'd love, um... I think Cesaro might have to go to Impact, or maybe there's an indie that can make it happen since Josh Alexander just resigned to Impact, mm-hmm. uh, or at least it became official last night. Yeah. But Josh Alexander versus Cesaro, please and thank you. Yeah, I think that match would be great. And and Impact, see, the, the thing, like I said, with, with a lot of these companies, depending on how your deals are, a lot of these companies are okay. You work in an indie like a GCW, if you've noticed. Yeah. So I could definitely, I could definitely see Cesaro if it doesn't happen in Impact. I could definitely see Cesaro and Alexander do a GCW match. Morrissey's been doing the indie run with with Enzo, but he's over in Impact doing his own thing. Yeah, so, in yeah. Impact, he's just a single guy. So yeah, yeah, we'll we'll wait and see. I think this is, Cesaro will be fine. Listen, I also want to see him and Chris Hero get back together and do do a match as the Kings of Wrestling. I would love to see that yeah. too. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like that. that could happen in Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah, that could happen too. Imagine them and the Briscoes go at it again. The, the Briscoes are going to need some tag teams right. to really reinvigorate. You know, assuming ROH comes back from the dead like that, uh, they're going to need some tag teams. And, and why not bring us the Kings of Wrestling, a team that not necessarily synonymous with ROH, but is synonymous with indie wrestling. Right, right. I think right. it would fit just as mold. Um, I feel bad for Impact, man. Like, I, like, I'm glad they... Notice none of us have said maybe Cesaro will go to Impact. Can't I'm, wait for that. I'm glad that you mentioned that because that's the next uh, topic I want to talk to you about Impact. Because you know it's funny that we we I mean we kind of did mention like hey maybe he ends up going to Impact or MLW etc. But like Impact to me is like the best kept secret because I've been enjoying their product so much recently and I have been enjoying Impact overall since 2018 since. Don Cows took over at the time with um, Scott Demore, and now Don Cows obviously moved on. But D- Scott Demore is still like under the 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 you know the the realm of controlling everything, and I, I feel like Impact is the best kept secret in wrestling because I have been enjoying their weekly product one thousand percent. And l- last night they had a really great show, dude. Awesome pay per view last night. Um, Impact's always been the place for for great matches, and there have been plenty of different time periods throughout the course of Impact uh, and TNA's history where they have put on better wrestling consistently than WWE or whoever was on television. Like Impact has really just it's it's of all the things they do right, there's just still so many things that they do wrong or just don't do at all that prevent them from moving up to the next level. They've been at the same level forever. Like AEW could disappear tomorrow and Impact would still be the number three company. I don't even know who the number two would be, but it wouldn't be Impact. Like there could be only two companies and Impact would still be number three. You know you know what? It's funny because there, there's also this... Um... And you know what? I, I'm I kind of subscribe to this this uh, logic too. You know, when it comes to like hype and excitement, whatever. You know, it, you can make the argument that Impact doesn't even make three. You can make the argument that it's WWE, AEW, and GCW. Right, MLW starting to get a lot. NWA, yeah, Matt Cardona 
over there trying to revive. So yeah, man, like, and, and here's the thing, bro. Like I've been to impact shows and I love impact and I love the wrestlers and matches I got to see there, but I hate going to an impact show because it reminds me, like I get punched in the face with exactly why impact is staying where it is when I'm at these shows and the tickets are $15. So, and listen, I'm not saying I want to pay more. I love me a good cheap show, but what that gets is a shit ton of people who are not there for wrestling. They're there so they can drink a cheap beer and add a cheap show. And so you don't get people that are actually popping for the wrestlers. You don't get people that are really there to create moments. You get fucking 50 people in a room who really couldn't care less. And the most excited people are the ones on commentary. And that's just like it, on television that it, it that shit means shit, okay? When you watch AEW and Jay White just shows up backstage. Big pop, big pop. As Tony Khan's last minute way of fulfilling his promise, because he realized last minute that he talked himself into something, that Keith Lee was in fact not a qualifier for a what is it called the forbidden door he's like well fuck i need to get somebody so he gets jay white to show up and kick somebody's ass backstage huge pop i was there for that everyone popped huge we didn't even see him live well actually we did for rampage but in that moment nobody knew we were gonna see him live and they popped huge jay white's been on impact for how long as the leader of bullet club Nobody gives a shit. Everybody has wanted the Civil War Bullet Club. What's going to happen with Tama Tonga? You know, what's going to happen with, with, with the Tongans over there? And, and the American side over here. Chris Bay has been doing Bullet Club stuff over here, seemingly with their blessing. What's going to happen? Well, Impact is giving you that. They have split Bullet Club in half. They kicked out the Tongans, brought back... The Good Brothers into the fold. This is all happening on American soil. Nobody do talks. you know? Do you care? Nobody's talking. Nobody gives it. Like, I don't. I don't get it, man. Because if Bullet Club showed up in AW, it'd be all the way, bro. Everybody would be circulating those videos. But it happens in Impact, and it's like it's not happening at all. Because wrestling fans are. Okay, let me jump in here real quick because I, I agree with you, Brady. I'm not saying you're wrong here, but we are subscribed to Impact, meaning we we enjoy their weekly product, okay? Now, uh, let me just jump in here with, with what you said. Why, when you watch Impact and, and you went to the shows, why you also know, why like why you also hate going to the shows. So let me jump here real oh. quick. Because right, right, right. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> I just want to throw one last thing to you and then you go, okay? One last thing. One last thing. Okay. Last night at the show, right? <laughs> the show ended. The show ended with a big return, right? Yeah, yeah. Christopher Daniels comes back. We they convinced us. They had us hook, line, and sinker. Everyone believed the dirt sheets. The Chris, the jo- I'm sorry, Josh, Josh Alexander's contract. Yep. Was up. Yep. He's a free agent. Yep. He comes back. It was just the work. I'm number one contender. Big deal. Mm-hmm. Tell me that was not a dead ass crowd for what should have been a hype ass moment. This is a return. This is the Moose Moose finally getting what's his. Champion got laid out. Your hero, Alexander, you want him as champion. He's back, and he's coming for the title. Bro, that crowd was asleep. Well, I'm going to blame Kentucky for that because that's what they are. You know, I don't care if you're – if any Kentucky listeners, all right, or or watchers on Facebook, whatever, if you feel – 
If oh, you, you have a big ass pay per view in Kentucky. It, 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 okay, so they they got to do a better job of where they're booking their shows at. Okay, that's what I'm saying. But, but I'm I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to defend Impact a little bit, just all a little right. bit, just a little bit. All right, even all though right. I agree with you, I do agree with you, Brady. I love Impact. I, I, love, I love Impact too. Like I said, it's wrestling's best kept secret. I agree with you one thousand percent. Okay, now the crowd last night was. And they had their moments that they were really, really invested in some of the matches, like Jay White and Alex Shelley that put on a fucking wrestling clinic last night, okay? Their match, which was an amazing match. They were onto that. But then there was parts of that ma- the, the the show where they were kind of dead. I don't think the, the crowd was great. But what I will well, say Shelley, is... Shelly White was a... And that was a fantastic match. Amazing match. I put that on my list of matches I want to talk about at the end of the year. That's how great I thought this match was. What a match, yeah. But what I will say is, I don't know if it was just a bad crowd or it was just burnout from some of the other stuff that we got with like PCO and Jonah. But what I will say (laughs) is that removing last night, I'm not including last night, but some of the rounds that Impact have been going, like Florida, New Orleans, they're going to be in Philly in a couple weeks or whatever. they They have been stepping up where they're going and sense like when it comes to like um if you notice if you watch impact now like it looks different now granted i know they were coming out of a pandemic era whatever i'm not including the pandemic era but going back to 2019 if you look at the tapings of 2019 compared to the tapings now i feel like there has been an improvement on like where where they're going and visually there has been an improvement it, it, but the arenas are very small. The audiences are very small. And so you can go to Philly. You can go to New York. Like the shows I'm talking about, I've been in Melrose. New York. Melrose, yeah, Melrose, Melrose. The, 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 you know, Philly is a great wrestling crowd. Mm-hmm. But like, it's just, it's, like I said, it just comes off very small. And like I said, a lot of the fans aren't, if they're not hardcore wrestling fans, if they're not hardcore impact fans, these are just little things you're losing. And so they've been lacking a lot in their presentation. Even the things that I love about going to an impact show, like being able to shake hands and meet the wrestlers and buy t-shirts from them and get it signed in the ring right afterwards. You can't always do that at WWE. No, you can't do that. No, 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 no. That's an indie show aspect that I enjoy, but that's the problem. Impact is an indie show that's on television. And because of that, and because it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's not promoting itself as an indie, so it's not getting that ravaged support from fans that just want to kill themselves to pay their favorite wrestlers' bills. It is kind of promoting itself as a television show, just one that nobody's watching. So it's just there's there's things that they really need to step up right. in marketing. Yeah, marketing. In, in, yep. Social media too. Show. Social media too. I remember when at their yeah. last pay per view, Hard to Kill. Not these. Uh, not these. Uh, Impact Plus exclusive. I'm talking about the, their actual pay per view back in January, Hard to Kill. When we had like this Ring of Honor invasion, which I've been enjoying this angle so much with the Honor No More. When he when we had this Ring of Honor invasion, I remember the next day we talked about it on the show, and we did more coverage on the actual show and what happened when Ring of Honor invading than actual impacts wrestling social media. And we were shocked by that. We were doing like, we were doing like, we were comparing it. And I'm like, how come impact wrestling's not making a bigger deal about this? So I think marketing does play a big part and just like the exposure, like they need to do a better job with that. So I do agree with you on that as well, but I do enjoy their weekly product as, uh, as a whole though. Their weekly product is really, really good, man. 
Well, the shows are great. The talent's great. I mean, you just mentioned it. Ring of Honor goes down. Mm-hmm. And before anyone knows what's going on, Impact comes out of nowhere with a stable of Ring of Honor guys essentially doing a Ring of Honor full-on invasion storyline. And nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about it. And here's the thing, bro. Oh, man. Bro, that same fucking stable. Tony Khan just announced, I bought Ring of Honor, right? You have that same stable, Honor No More, show up tonight or on Wednesday for Dynamite and start attacking AEW guys. Probably to sell it AEW originally. Right, you know? right, right. Everyone goes crazy. <laughs> Ring of Honor is trending. You know what I mean? Kenny King is fucking all over the place. But it happens in Impact. And oh, look, Kingdom, what? the Kingdom is attacking like the best friends or like uh, Jurassic Express or something. Oh my God, what are they doing? What are these Ring of Honor invaders doing? Like it'll be the biggest things that slice bread. And listen, when it happened in Impact, I popped. I was like, Holy shit, they're doing a Ring of Honor fucking invasion angle. And the fact that now Eddie Edwards is part of the group now, like, I love all this stuff. But we are subscribed to the Impact product. And I think a lot of people, when we were talking about this off air, I think a lot of people still have that Impact stink from, like, 2011, 2010, when, like, Hogan took over and shit. They still have that stink where they're like, oh, it's Impact. They even have the same stink from, I mean, that's, this is the problem. It's so much stink that now it's just stink on top of stink. And I don't even think impact can get away from the smell. Like, because they still have stink from the whole Hardy shit. Yeah. When yeah. 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 Put yeah. the company on their back, revive the company himself on his own dime in his own backyard with his own fucking father-in-law. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere impact, he leaves impact. And they're like, well, we wish you luck. And we're happy that you're leaving the, broken universe to us and he's like wait a minute what so then that whole fucking public battle yeah fuck that evil or whatever the hell you know so yeah. they were stink from that like it's really just it's a never-ending supply of that <laughs> of like <laughs> always go to a party and there's that smelly kid in the corner who is that oh it's just impact wrestling fucking up the cheese doodles <laughs> <What>? <laughs> It's a shame, man, because I like I really stand behind Impact being the best kept secret in wrestling. It's really good, man. Impact, unfortunately, and it's been like this for a while, and things have to change for things to change. <laughs> I'm still trying to get you over the smelly kid analogy. Like the sm- <laughs> <laughs> there goes Impact Wrestling, you know, just hogging up all the cheese. <laughs> the puppy ones only. He ain't touched the crunchies. <laughs> Oh my god. But it's true, man. I and and you know what it is? I feel bad, right? Cuz like me, right? And I know you're the same way too. I know Daniel's the same way. Leo, Ryan, like we love all wrestling. We we don't want to see no wrestling company fail. Like if you have that mentality where you want to see a wrestling company fail or go out of business, you're just a piece of shit fan. Like we could be critical on WWE or we're being like we're being critical right now on Impact. And we love Impact, but we are being critical cuz we want things to be better. That's why right. we're being critical. And it, yeah. it it does bother me and it hurts me how Impact has such a great weekly product. They put on a great show last night, yet there's still things they need to work on and they still have that Impact stink. Impact, Impact is almost like, like for anyone who was saying Kenny Omega wouldn't be a draw on television, obviously AEW has proven you wrong. 
but impact might have proven you right. You know what I mean? Like, like, like for some reason, nobody's going to mean less on a televised wrestling show than you will in impact. There's no one in impact that wouldn't mean more on another show. And it's sad, but Mickey James, the knockouts champion, I mean, former knockout champion now, Mm -hmm. but let's be real during the course of 2022, the, the most that she has been portrayed to the world as a champion. Hardcore country was in a fucking WWE event. Like, not even just them announcing Rocking the title, the Impact's women's title, and they put the graphic on the lower third. Impact women's champion. That's the most people have talked about the Impact Knockouts Championship this year. Like, you know what I mean? And, like, those are the things. Kenny Omega, and I've said this a million times right now, but, like, they basically bought, like, the elite. Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, they were on Impact for a while. Nobody cared. You bring any of those people, but if you bring someone from Impact to AEW, it's going to be a bigger deal. You bring someone from WWE to Impact, I don't think anyone would care. I really don't. I really fucking don't. Like, obviously, if you give, like, one of their main stars, but... If you throw you Ricochet, you throw Ricochet in Impact for a dream match. I thought ricochet, I, I thought we already had ricochet. ricochet with Trey Miguel. I thought that was Ricochet. <laughs> you know that was what I was telling Danielle. I remember back when uh, the Rascals were all free yeah. Yeah. and um, MSK obviously signed with NXT, right. and they're like, you know, we didn't know what Trey was going to do yet. And I was like, listen, I love Trey. I want him to be happy and successful. Right. But I don't want him to go to WWE because if they are fucking it up with Ricochet, if they can't make it work with Ricochet, then they're not going to make it work with Trey Miguel. Like, it's just not going to happen. And and also, you said it best with, with like, how nobody gives a fuck about Impact unless you're actually subscribed to the product like we are. Bullet Club. At one point, Bullet Club was the hottest fucking brand because it's a brand bullet club is a brand bullet club is a brand regardless of how you look at it it's a brand yes it's owned by new japan but it's a brand okay don't forget in all in what was the graphic behind the all in pay-per-view it was a bullet club people forget that it was bullet club bullet club the hottest at one point the hottest brand of wrestling now it's an impact we're getting seeds okay of this civil war where people are picking sides. We've seen the crossover where Jay White is popping up all over the place. Yet, no one cares about Bullet Club and Impact Wrestling. Here's here's the big thing about it also. And I've said this in the past. Um, I don't know, you know how these deals work and how easy it is to get one. But it's the network has to be a big part of it also. Because AEW really hit the lottery with TNT and then TBS. Like these are major networks that come with major connections. They're giving that. What this means is that when people are tuning in to primetime, you know, NBA games or hockey, whatever sports showing, you're going to see commercials for AEW. You're, you're watching your reality shows, your game shows, whatever, you know, like there's so many major primetime network stuff that is now having AEW commercials. The NFL playoffs was broadcasting it. You know what I mean? Um, With Cody Rhodes being a big part of AEW and immediately as soon as they made their deals, he's got a, he's a a host on a game show. How, how weird is that? Like 
him not being part of AEW, but then you still see the commercials of fucking the Go Big Show with Cody on. Well, it. no, I, that that was one of the things that was like make me hesitant to even believe because I didn't want to believe that he would ever go back to WWE. I don't want to like, believe that either, to be honest with you. I, I didn't want to believe it. So I'm like, you know, trying to come up with ways. They're like, nah, it's not real. They work in us. Or, so right. I'm like, there's no way he can just sign with WWE right now. He's he's on TV. Like, he's he's on TBS. He has a reality show on TBS. Like, I'm trying to look for, like, things. Did they get canceled? Right. Is he getting replaced on the Go Big Show? I'm not seeing any of that. It looks like his contracts with TBS are pretty rock solid. So then it's kind of like, well, maybe that's what he wanted. He's now can go back to WWE with the freedom to make these deals and make that, those deals and not have the company determine what his value is. He can be as big as he wants. So like that was one of the things, well, maybe that's it. But the whole him having a deal with TBS does make me think that like whatever he does next, we'll have to work around that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's really interesting. Uh, that, that situation, but, um, yeah, but you like, know, but like, go go ahead, Brady. No, I was just saying, like, to, to that point, like, the, the, those that the network really makes a difference in in what people are able to see and how it is, and what never gonna have access. They're on access now, which is is actually the owners of access is the parent company of um, Anthem owns access, so that's their channel, and right. Anthem owns Impact, and and unfortunately. I just don't see Impact ever getting a better TV deal. I think the, the, the best TV deal they got was Spike, which is now the Paramount Network, and I don't think we'll ever see that again. Yeah, man, like, that's... And, like, that's sad, like, it, to think about it, because, like, that's it, you know? Like, unless you're on... because And, cause I, and I really think AEW has shown it to us, because I think a lot of us forgot what it feels like to have one of the legit, you know, quote-unquote one of the main premium primetime networks that have sponsorships and connections and whatever pick up wrestling. And like when AEW got their deal with TNT and then TBS, it's like, wow, these are big networks. Everyone has these channels. Everyone watches these channels. And now Wednesday and Friday, you've got wrestling on there. And now these people can, I, like I'm in bars and right. you see the commercials. Right, yeah, you see, yeah. you know, like, no, I don't see it. I've never seen a commercial for impact. <laughs> Like not never, bro. <laughs> never. You're right. I've never seen a commercial. <laughs> I used to see AEW commercials during Impact. <laughs> like what the f you remember this? <laughs> oh god. All right. You know what? Um let's I, I want to talk about some WWE stuff before we get to the right. AEW revolution. But just one last thing. One just last thing that, that since we're on the network topic. So what would be Tony Khan what would Tony Khan do with the Ring of Honor brand? What would be like the most WWE thing he could do with Ring of Honor? And I just thought of it right now since we're talking about networks. What if Tony Khan, you know, revise Ring of Honor and puts it on true TV? This is part of the tour. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> it's like it's the same comparison with WWE put EZW on the Sci-Fi Channel. It's the same exact thing. What's yeah. the most WWE thing we could do with Ring of Honor? That's what my favorite. <laughs> I, I remember reading the article about that Sci-Fi sh uh, shit, and they're like, "Wait, where are we going to be on the Sci-Fi Network? So we need to have Sci-Fi characters." And they, I remember they were like, "Really? This is what we have to do for ECW?" Oh my God! And it wasn't the first night they had a fucking zombie. We're <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they had the zombie. Listen, Ring, we're putting Ring of Honor on true TV because it's the truest form of wrestling. I don't know, something like that. Chris Statlander is going to be the star of the show. He's going to focus on all the aliens now. 
Oh my God! All right, let's get it. Let's <laughs> let's get into some WWE talk before we get the like WWE loyalists saying like, "Oh, you guys talked about everything besides WWE." But uh, <laughs> yeah, listen, that that happens. Leo, am I wrong here? No, 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 no. They're all there. We have some of these pecker heads that they fucking complain and go like, "You guys have been talking about everything else, but not WWE stuff." So let's talk about some WWE stuff. Oh, do we have let's to do it? Uh, Edge's promo, bro. So back to back. We had some incredible Edge promos last week. I love how he kind of gave us a lot of Easter eggs in last week's promo yes. with with uh, the smoke and mirrors and the demon and phenomenal and and I, I feel like there was another one in there. I think um uh, I think one one was like an Easter egg for like Damian Priest, I believe. So incredible promo, Edge, one of the best promos out right now. I just love every time he gets on the mic. Fast forward to this past Monday night. You know, we got the main event spot, and I, I really wanted it to be AJ, but, you know, with the whole Cody rumors and stuff, we weren't really sure. You thought it was Cody? I, I didn't think well, it was Cody, but, you know, there's also... One of the first things he said was, my roads to WrestleMania right. begins tonight. Right. So he, he's trying to throw the, you exactly. know, little... He's trying to deflect from, like, the obvious choice, but AJ Styles came out. We get this, yeah, yeah we, we get this face off, and, yeah, you know, Edge cut a promo and said, like, listen, I don't want the guy that's been... Being pretty much Omos's bitch, you know, I want the the bulldog, and he just kind of turns, and we get this little back and forth, you know. AJ uh, Edge just kind of snapped, and we get like old school Edge, rated R superstar, vintage ultimate opportunist. ultimate opportunist Edge, and I think this is the perfect version of Edge against AJ Styles because we get two beloved characters, but one thing we know about Edge is no matter how much he's beloved. No matter how much he has an incredible comeback story after nine long years, he's still the same guy, the ultimate opportunist. And the fact that he turned on AJ, another guy that's so beloved, I think this is a perfect role where Edge is the heel and AJ Styles is the face for this match. And this has all the potential in the world to steal the weekend, WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, it makes the most sense also. I mean, first off, I've wanted this match ever since that first spear. Yes. In, in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. And I remember this year during the Royal Rumble, um, me, uh, Danielle, and like M2J, we were watching it live, you know, on Zoom. And we had our hopes up that AJ, even though he was like number one, we still wanted him to win the Royal Rumble, right? Like, we went in there really hoping he would win. As soon as he gets eliminated, we're oh. talking to ourselves. We're like, so who does AJ fight at WrestleMania? Oh, he fights Edge, of course. Right. So, like, right off that, we're like, okay, it has to happen. They have to do this. And I'm really happy they're doing it. 100% this has a chance to be the best match of the weekend. Um, I love him going heel because he kind of did do everything there is to do in the returning baby face. You know, returned after nine years you know, does the recovery from injury, main events, WrestleMania, wrestles with his wife, best match ever with Orton, whatever the fuck mm -hmm. they call that. So he kind of checked off all the boxes other than WWE champion. And I don't necessarily think that's feasible right now. So, and I, I also feel like he doesn't need it. And he knows that no. like, he's kind of like in that Shawn yeah. Michaels role where Shawn Michaels is giving us all these incredible matches and moments, but yeah, he only held like the tag titles and the world championship for like a month. Well, admittedly, I also feel like slotting him over to the heel role, A, now he's got brand new opponents that yes. he can work with, yes. um, brand new stories he can tell, brand new 
future superstars he can make. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does have one more W championship run as a heel, mm-hmm. because then what that means is, yeah, Edge will have to be on top. It's a few people are going to have to take a few spears and, and let him and let the legend, let the hall of famer run ragged. But if they do it right, Edge can put over somebody big time. Maybe Drew gets his belt back. Maybe Big E gets his belt back. Maybe somebody gets the belt for the first time. And who better than to put them over than Hall of Famer Edge? So it wouldn't surprise me if he does get the championship one more time. Um, This this match is going to be sick. I love Edge switching switching gears and just going vicious because with AJ he kind of just slotted over to the face side. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's never really done anything to babyface, so I guess they could have made him heel. And it's it's also been long overdue for AJ too, because AJ to me, I feel like with the whole Omos tag run, maybe I feel like that was kind of like for him to kind of like, hey, let me recover my body a little bit. Uh, Let me kind of just, you know, try to help develop this guy or give him as much knowledge as I can. But like AJ stop, Yeah, company guy, whatever. And now that he signed a new deal, uh, AJ signed a new deal. And now the speculation of of his joining his buddies in AEW, now that's over. So I think it's safe to say we're never going to get that Kenny Omega match. Now what I want from AJ is like, yo, value AJ. Let's put AJ in these top roles. Like to me, AJ Styles... I want him see see him have another world title run. It doesn't have to be a year long run like he did last time, but I think he deserves another title run because he's been so loyal and such such a workhorse for the company. Also, he's consistently been one of, if not the best wrestler yes. in the company, yes. let alone the world. Yes. But like so, yes. so it's one of those things where a lot of times the best wrestler does need to be champion. Not yeah. always, yeah, because it is. And sometimes having the best wrestler in the tag division is what's best for business because he can help someone like Amos or, you know, whoever else. People like Chad Gable probably benefit from being in the ring with AJ and having him in the tag division did that. So it's it's, it's always like AJ is really the guy who's always going to do whatever's asked of him. He's not. He's a, he's a good yeah. Christian boy. Good Christian boy. <laughs> he's a good Christian boy. I, I've been watching a lot of, uh, speaking of HBO Max, I've been watching a lot of the Righteous Gemstones. Okay. Which the hilarious show. I highly recommend right. it. If okay. you're a fan of Danny McBride, check it out. But it's basically a, um, a play on the, I don't even know if I know how to say this fucking word, televangelical Christians. Okay. 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 Yeah. yeah. Jackets, right, you are right. saved. Right, yeah. right, right, right. So I've been watching that show, and so now the second you say "good Christian boy," I have a very <laughs> warped perspective of what that looks like now. <laughs> but um, <laughs> listen, AJ Styles, he's a great guy and a good Christian boy. But what I will say is, I'm so like torn, but like in a good way because I love these both these guys so much for different aspects or whatever. You know, Edge like. Edge has been one of my favorite wrestlers of, of all time for so long, whatever. Hey, a la Mr. Rated R, who, who do you think I'm paying tribute to? Fucking Edge. And then AJ Styles, like, what was that? I'm joking. I just said I thought, I thought it was Howard Stern. Uh, no, no. And then AJ Styles, like, I love AJ Styles so much, even before he became who he was. Like, when right. I first saw him in NWA TNA and, like, the early days of Ring of Honor, like, I was just so fascinated by this guy's work like i named my dog aj tribute to him so like i'm you know uh i just have so many connections to both guys here i just i just expect such a great match man and i i fully expect this to steal the show at mania weekend 
hundred percent. I'm happy they went with the switch, um, and we didn't just kind of get the you know friendly baby face versus friendly baby face match, um, which which honestly they easily could have killed that. You know, they would have done it. That would have been a very WWE predictable thing where Edge and AJ are like friends and then they have right. tagging with each other. And then Edge accidentally spears AJ. Edge, AJ accidentally forearms Edge. And the week before WrestleMania, they finally get head to head and they want to beat each other up. You know, it, it'd be predictable. It'd be WWE. It'd be fine. I, I, I like AJ, uh, I'm sorry, Edge getting to go back and visiting old personas. Yeah. And I'm glad he got the whole Beth Phoenix yeah. tag team out of the yeah. way. So now we don't have to worry about any of that. He can just go into it. Um, I, <laughs> I'm just, it's, it's funny. I recently, um, I, I posted online uh, and I, you know, you post online stuff. You want people to talk, right? You just want to get people to talk. thought provoking conversation provoking. I posted in my opinion, no particular order, these are the five best talkers in WWE right now. Oh man, I'm sure the Peckerheads went at you, bro. Well, no, no, no. You probably would. You you would have joined the Peckerheads, I think, because I'm I did not include Edge in the top five. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't. Oh, I did. You know I, I think I think I might have. Yeah, I think I did see you post something about the best talkers. I think you had like Alexa Bliss on there, and right. And, so I did Paul Heyman. I did Paul Heyman. I did um, the Miz. I did Kevin Owens, mm -hmm. and then I did Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss. Right. And so a lot of people were mad that Roman wasn't on there, Seth wasn't on there, but the overwhelming was edge. disgust was about no edge. Mm -hmm. And Alexa Bliss ended up taking all the, uh, she took all the, the beating. You know, everyone was like, how is Bliss on here? Becky took some of the beating also. I did it on purpose because I was watching it. And initially you, were trolling. Was you, were, gonna... you were trolling. You were trolling. I wasn't, I was trolling. I was putting, I, I originally, I had Alexa Bliss as my honorable mention. Mm -hmm. And I also had a few other honorable mentions, but then I was like, this isn't going to do what I want it to do. It's right. not going to send the message. Right, right, I right. want to be clear that I think Alexa Bliss is one of the top talkers in here. Mm -hmm. Let me, let me just fucking do it. Right. And, and I was, I was waiting for it, but yeah, it was probably bad timing considering Edge has been <laughs> killing it on the mic the past two weeks so i'm just kind of like all right Listen, you know what there's Maybe nothing, for, there's like, nothing wrong with and sometimes you know i ain't gonna lie sometimes i do it too <laughs> where i like to throw little nuggets right. in my post to get people riled up or whatever listen i i ignore everyone unless i know you unless i yeah. know the person i ignore right. every single person known to man on on lucha outsiders but I purposely sometimes post shit just to piss people off because I know they're going to get all riled up and they're like, oh, like get all pissed off. You know, you know it's funny, bro. The The quickest way to piss somebody off is let them know your opinion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Because like oh, I Oh, you're just a WWE hater. Oh, you're just an AEW shell. Oh, you just want to criticize WWE. Blah, 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 blah. You know what's funny, though? And, and, and like as I'm reading the fucking litany of hate and shit... <laughs> <laughs> I started like contemplating what my list would look like if I did it with AEW wrestlers. Oh my god, they should that do shit, it, bro. <laughs> that shit's a tough one, though. That shit's a tough one. There's though. so many great talkers, because, bro. Because, like, let's say off the bat, you've got MJF, right? Mm, of course. Off the bat, you got my boy Jericho. Yep. Off the bat, you got our, my boy Eddie Kingston. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's there's top three. Now, how do you do a list without CM Punk, right? Right. But 
also, if I'm being honest, I think somebody like Britt Baker would deserve to be on that list. Yep. Because Britt Baker basically talked herself into the position she has now. Like for weeks, they just handed her microphones and for weeks she elevated herself with a mic, no one to work with and just a mic. So I think Britt Baker belongs there. So now it's like, okay, is that the list? Is that it? Well, let me see who have I left off. Well, shit, where's John Moxley, right? Moxley, Brian, Ricky Starks. I could, you could keep naming names. And here's, and here's another name that I would almost be contemplating taking Punk off my list to make space for. And this is where people would really come on me. And this is where you can't win. How about Max Caster? How about somebody you, else? You know, oh, you know, I'm glad you mentioned Max Caster. And I, this is why. I see Max Caster having all the potential to be in a, a singles MJF-esque character. Mm-hmm. Max Caster has that written all over it. You're talking about talkers. We're forgetting a big one. Adam Cole. Adam Cole, baby. I mean, so, I, exactly. So, this, right. so yeah. So it's like AEW stacked with talkers. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I if somebody, I doubt anyone would, but if somebody wanted to argue Jake the Snake, you could. Yeah. You could. Yeah. Like, they don't really let him do too much talking these days, but Jake the Snake has put in the years. That guy is a machine. So so yeah, it's 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 troublesome waters with these these opinions, man. You, you gotta steer clear. So we gotta get into AEW Revolution, but let, let me just touch on one last thing uh, on WWE. How how much have you been enjoying this Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns storyline? Because this is a match that we've seen so many times in the past when at points, nobody wanted to see it, right? Like, anytime yeah. they made event to Mania, everybody was like, boo! It just started Again. chanting, like, a whole bunch of shit. Like, we were at WrestleMania 34. We were there in New Orleans, and nobody in their mother wanted to see Brock Lesnar and, and Roman Reigns in that main event. But, man, let me tell you, with the phenomenal work Roman Reigns is doing, I'm going to make the argument saying that Brock Lesnar is doing the best work in his whole WWE career at this point. I well, think this is new, and this is it feels fresh, and just seeing these two, but theme, like, you know, like it, you have Godzilla and King Kong. Like, that's pretty much what it is. And I think this main event is different, and I like the story they're telling. Well, you know what it is? It's proof that it's not what you cook, it's how you cook it. Yes, yes. Like, for the longest time, people didn't want to see Brock Lesnar, but it's because they portrayed him in a way where why the fuck would you? He, they made him a heel who essentially laughed at us because he would show up, take our championship, disappear for three months, come back, beat all of our heroes, and then, you know what I mean? <laughs> beat like, all, beat I, all of our heroes. Legit, he just comes in, comes in. He may as well have been showing up with a fucking Bahama Mama t-shirt and a mojito in his hand. <laughs> showing up at vacation, fucking doing his little dance. <laughs> with with people, flip-flops. You know I mean? and, and, now, and now he's that not... And now he's not laughing at us. He's laughing with us. No. <laughs> right. Right. Now we're in on the joke. Right. Now he's coming out. He's taking selfies. Yeah. I'm... He's taking championships. But he's he's letting us. He's like, look, I did it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen this man this happy. Like, never. Never. He. he... What about when he's doing that dance making fun of Eddie Guerrero? The, Oh I, oh, I thought you were mentioning. Remember when he won Money in the Bank and he was dancing with the Money oh, in the Bank? Oh, the, 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 the Brock yeah. party, yeah. 
No, nah, but he never actually looked happy dancing. He's more of like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I did it. Oh, yeah. Like, now he's legit having a party. He's He's got, he's got ponytail power, bro. Yeah. He actually so, looks like, more scarier now with a man bun. But I've always thought with, like, like there's certain wrestlers that you need to portray as a babyface. Not that Brock Lesnar can always be a babyface. He easily could have been a heel in this run. Because right. what I love about this run is it's an actual run. Like mm-hmm. he's here, like every yeah, week. Yeah, he's here. Yeah, he's here. Work. He's actually showing up to work. <laughs> whether it's Raw, whether it's SmackDown, sometimes it's both. But the guy is actually on television every week. He's building up to pay per view matches. Where, like in the past, we've literally watched Paul Heyman show up every week by himself to build up a Paul uh, a Brock Lesnar match because Brock Lesnar wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So it's like. And it's like, we're mad at Brock, but in reality, it's like, I'm mad at the creative person, right. or the person right. creative who's paid to come up with an idea. So what's our champion doing? Oh, he's not there. Beautiful. Love it. Next, next program. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, Brock Lesnar is one of the best. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just the fact. Oh, ab- absolutely. He's, he's, he's a, I'll even say he's a once in a lifetime talent. 100% because he's a once in a lifetime actor. Athlete. Mm-hmm. and and he took to wrestling like a fish took to take to water so it's one of those things where he can be as good as he wants to be but he can also be as good as he's allowed to be you know or actually no i guess the first one's better because if he's not showing up then it doesn't matter what they allow him to do so really like the brock lesnar that shows up and is excited to work with people and build the things granted now, I'm just going to throw this out there. It totally seems like this is a program, this entire program, ever since his return, is built to him being the one to yet again conquer another beast, you know, break another street. So so do you think it's a, do you think it's a safe bet that Brock wins? Because in, in my opinion, I'm, I think Roman takes the title. And listen, I, I've said it a bunch of times on the show and I know, and I know, and it's crazy. Cause you know, you rewind back to 2016, 2017, 2018. I like, I just didn't want to see Roman in my TV, mm-hmm. but the body right. of work that Roman Reigns is doing now, it's fucking next level. And it's the best work oh, in his yeah. entire career. Just everything is just different is everything he does on the mic in the ring. It just feels different. But listen, I've been saying it for a while now, Roman, I want to see Roman hold that universal title for a while. Like let give him like give him like a Bruno San Martino run with this title. Even yeah. if he wins the world title from Brock, if he drops the title cuz there's so many mixed like uh rumors with like it's a unification match and but you're going to he's going to be defended separately. I don't I know. Mean, but it, everyone it, I, think, I think I think everyone's getting in their own head about right. that because Becky Lynch unified the titles and, and then, then yeah. not too long ago lost one of them. Right. So Let's calm down. So it, I, I'm leaning, I'm leaning, and you know, this ain't a WrestleMania prediction show because we're gonna get into Revolution like in a little bit. But I, I th- in my opinion, I think Roman's gonna beat Brock, and he's gonna he's gonna hold both titles, and then at some point he'll lose the world title, but still keep that universal title for how many ever fucking days? I don't I want, think- I, I don't want to see Roman drop that universal title at all. I think it's a tough one to call. Um, you you originally asked, like, do I think it's a safe bet Brock wins? Definitely not. Not a safe bet at all because, like, you logistically speaking, if you're thinking about the landscape of WrestleMania or WWE after WrestleMania, I should right. say, the m- smart money seems like it should go with Roman because where's Roman going to be after WrestleMania? Well, he's going to be on WWE television. Where's Brock going to be? We don't actually know. 
I don't know. I, what I he's hope he sticks do. around. <laughs> I really do. I mean, me too. Me too. And if he does stick around, if we know for a fact he's sticking around, then I do think it's a safer bet he wins because the story they're telling, it seems like, you know, the story they've been telling with Roman is right. nobody can touch him. Nobody can beat him. Who's going to stop me? And it seems like we're at the enter the monster, enter the beast portion. Right. And here he is. And, you know, with Roman essentially getting the upper hand of Brock at almost every turn from taking Paul, costing him his title, beating him up at MSG last night. So it really does seem like the story we're being told is the story of Brock ending another streak, conquering, taking over another table, Um, I think. But. But once again, going back to what should happen, I agree with you. I think Roman should be the one to continue this monstrous reign because what does that do? It continues to leave the spot open for not one, but possibly two people to get that epic rub of taking the Roman championship. Um, One of the biggest things, if I can just jump back to Impact real quick, one of the biggest things they fucked up with, with that whole Kenny Omega becomes their champion angle was that it never actually led to one of their guys yes, yes. the big rub of dethroning Kenny Omega. Yep. That should have been the only reason Kenny Omega ever took their title. I agree. But no, Kenny Omega dropped it to one of AEW's guys, Christian, who kind of got to put on his Impact costume for a month, you know. Is like, like, yeah, I'm an Impact guy too. No, you're an AEW contracted wrestler and you don't nearly carry the stigma that Kenny Omega, the undefeated Kenny Omega did. Mm -hmm. So nobody got that rub. So Josh Alexander didn't get that rub. Moose didn't get that rub. It kind of just went out the window. With WWE, this Roman Reigns rub needs to be given to somebody who can benefit from it, not Brock Lesnar, where it just goes at the very bottom of a long-ass resume. You know what I mean? Brock don't need it. Like I said, story I think we're being told seems like Brock's going to get it, but what should happen? No, I think Roman should conquer. Do you, I, I, I? Part of me wonders if Paul Heyman doesn't screw Roman over again. I don't. I don't know. Bro. Oh man, this it, it's a great story. The fact that we're questioning everything and we don't know what's gonna happen just goes to yeah. show you, like it's going back to what you said. It it's how you cook it on 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 what on what they're presenting us. Right. We were there, WrestleMania 34. That crowd did not want to see Roman and Brock. This this match in Dallas, I see everyone standing on their feet, losing their fucking minds because they don't know what's going to happen. Because the truth is, Brock is, and I know most people assume, like, you think Brock Lesnar, you think heel. But in reality, Brock Lesnar should be a baby face. And I think he's at his best when he's a baby face. Why? Because the guy is a specimen. The guy is a once in a lifetime talent. Yep. And he should be, he's is impressive. Everything he does is impressive, which means we as fans should be allowed to be impressed by him. We should show up. We should buy our tickets to be impressed by the man beast. That is Brock Lesnar, the behemoth. Mm-hmm. When someone like that, when you're when you're supposed to dislike him, and you're so you're now taking away all the things where you don't want to be impressed by his strength, you don't want to be impressed by this and that, you just hate him, and then they continue to make that guy give you reasons to hate him by not showing up or just beating everyone they love. You know what I mean? It's just it like 
fucking they got Kali to be an over baby face simply because he's an impressive fucking feat. So he shows up, you know, does whatever. So I love that Brock is finally a baby face. All he has to do is come out, smile, throw someone over his shoulders, and the crowd goes home happy. Fucking he could probably come out chilling his steak rub or whatever he's selling these days at the butcher shops, and they would fucking buy it. And Roman Reigns finally gets to tell all these people to fuck themselves. Finally gets to be the heel that he's needed to so, be. Let me tell you something, though. The whole acknowledge me, like he mentions, like he drops the city or the state that they're at. That's and just the, from the heart. That is over like Rover. Yeah. You want to talk about being over? Whoo! But that shit is from the heart. Like he meant that. That's not a gimmick. Nobody yeah. wrote that for him. This motherfucker, for years of being told by every legend, every producer, every family member, you are the best. You are the truth. Nobody outworks Roman. Roman's our leader. But having all the fans say "boo," Roman can't wrestle. He, it's like because he was playing. He was playing a character. And nothing felt organic, unfortunately. Right with this run. No. It's, he really believes he's the best in the world. No pun to, to punk. Like you know, he, he really believes he is the best of this business. We all know the words that single-handedly fucked up Roman Reigns fucking push. Or not push, but Roman Reigns street cred, I should say. Fucking suffering succotash. Oh. That was the moment. That was the moment. Everyone knew it. And I remember mm. laughing because he, like, even threw in a wink. He knew it was bad, but he was trying to make it work. That's so that cringe, time, bro. It's so cringe. Person. He was the coolest person in WWE at that time. Like, him after the Shield, with the Shield, he was just so cool. They had made it good, so good. And then suffering succotash. Boom. All over. Yep. Cena is poopy. Or JBL is poopy. All over again. Ugh. It's just, uh, yeah, you know, I'm glad that that we're seeing these versions of both Brock and Roman, and we're we're in for something at Mania, man. I can't wait. Like, I'm not going to Mania. I don't know when's the next time I'm gonna actually go to a WWE show, but I will say that as of right now, this Mania is looking like something. It's looking like something. Yeah, it's not looking bad. What do you think about? Uh... Pat McAfee, Big Money McAfee, having a, a WrestleMania match versus Austin Theory. So okay, so w w this and we'll end up with the B on this or whatever, and we'll get your okay. quick thoughts on on Theory and, and Pat McAfee. First of all, I'm a big yeah. Pat McAfee guy. Pat McAfee's my guy. I, yeah, I, I think he's fucking great. I'll be honest, I, I probably would have gotten less flack if I put him on my top five than Alexa Bliss. Oh, you should. You, 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 probably, you probably should have put Pat back in your they top left five. Me alone. They would have left me alone. I'm, I'm glad Austin Theory is going to get the spot. I know there was a rumor, and I didn't I didn't subscribe or believe this rumor. I was like, I was more like, I'll believe it when I see it. There's no way Vince is going to have a match with Pat McAfee. There's no fucking way. Vince is, it's an old, brittle man, okay? 112. Regardless how many muscles he got. Now, I think I match wise, I think Austin Theory and Pat McAfee, they're going to have something because we've we seen what Pat McAfee has done with Adam Cole. And when it comes to an in ring aspect, Austin Theory, he's a talented guy. But let me tell you something, bro. And, and we've seen Austin Theory's growth from going back to the evolved days. We've been there, Brady. We've been there. Yo, you used to say, yo, are you are, like, no, wait, wait, it, no, I'm going to, and I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to bring it up. I all used to right, tell right. you and Danielle, my fear with Austin theory is once he moves on to the NXT portion of his career, right? Once he moves past that and he goes to main roster level, SmackDown or raw, 
he'll be nothing more than a Rob Conway. You guys remember Ron Conway? Rob fucking Conway. I was waiting. I was literally. I didn't know. I I, I didn't know if you were gonna say the name. I, no, I was I'll waiting. Say for I'll say it. Yeah, maybe there's a lot of people that listen to the show or that are on Facebook. Like, who, oh yeah, who the fuck is Rob Conway? Now, now watching, <laughs> watch, watching him on WWE TV. I will say though. I still don't think they've given a reason to the audience to care about Austin Theory yet. And I do not like his mic work at all, whatsoever. I, I think, like, even him, you know, cutting the promo on Pat McAfee, I thought it was terrible. Like, I, anytime Austin Theory gets on the mic, nine times out of ten, I just do not like what he's saying. I just don't care. Even, like, go on, let's, let's rewind back to the Royal Rumble. When he came out to the Royal Rumble, guess what? crickets nobody gave a shit about austin theory i think people started putting respect on his name after he took that fucking f5 from the elimination chamber for brock and now yeah. people are like okay no this guy's talented but they need to do something with austin theory character development wise because i'm not really enjoying these vince mcmahon segments and anytime he gets on the mic i'm just like shut up dude i just don't want to hear you talk bro I don't know what they're. I don't know who's scripting his stuff, but they're, in my opinion, they're not doing a great job. When he's in the ring, now I'm invested. When he's on the mic, I want to change the channel. So, on the mic, I'm not as against him as you are. I, I dig what he's doing a little bit. You know, he's kind of he's he's got some of the goofiness left over from his time with the way. Yeah, you know, with Guy Gargano, they were doing the comedy family thing. So he didn't completely abandon that, but he is a little bit more of, you know, a big shot. I'm going to beat you up then take a selfie, talk about how great I am. He's definitely one of those. He's, I think what I'm getting from the character right now is that he's feeling himself too much. Vince McMahon is giving him all this confidence, all this advice. And now he's glowing up a little too fast. We've seen this in movies with characters like this. Um, eventually their owners have to put them in their place again. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's what this is leading up to, where he's kind of doing this annoying, goofy stuff that you're not really taking to. Pat McAfee beats him at WrestleMania. Vince McMahon comes out, gives him a WWE 2K stunner. And then Stone Cold comes out, gives him a stunner, beer bash, Stone Cold Wait, gives McAfee. McMahon a stunner. <laughs> what do you say? Beer pass. <laughs> Leo, I'm laughing at Leo. Leo's like, with McAfee. Hell yeah. And then McAfee gets a stunner. You close the show, everybody's happy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mac- Pat, Mac- Pat McAfee with no problem will take a stunner from Austin. He'll, he'll fanboy take he'll, a stunner. He'll ask for it. <laughs> yeah, and I and I get what you're saying, Brady. I just feel like they, they're still... And and I also look at, and it's kind of hard at times too, because WWE pipes in crowd noise so fucking much. But at the same time, like you look at people's faces, like in the crowd, I just feel like they're still not necessarily giving a reason to the audience to hate Austin Theory. They just don't like him because they either no, just you're find, right. they just find him annoying right. or it's like, oh, what is this guy doing on TV? And then when he gets in the ring, it's like, oh no, this guy could work. Because Austin Theory is a talented performer. The problem is when he gets on the mic and these little backstage segments events, I, I'm just not subscribed to it. I just can't get into it, dude. I'll give you that. You know what's funny? I tweeted this the other day. Um, I was saying something like, people think you have to be hated to be heel. That's not true. Sometimes they just have to care enough about you to want to make fun right, of right. you. Right. And you know who does that in spades? And when I saw these guys live, I really got to experience how over they are. Mario. <laughs> the, yeah. 
hundred percent, bro. You guys, you guys killing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, the fucking uh, the ass boys. Oh yeah, Billy Con Billy Gun's gun kids. Club. Yeah, the Gun Club. Yeah, bro. In terms of like fans, like. And, and they're a perfect example of what you're saying. They've kind of been having, you know, they've been beating people up backstage and stuff. So maybe they did give the fans a little reason to hate them. But in reality, those fans just love taunting them and love harassing them. And like a friend of mine sent me a video the other day from Dynamite because he was there. And I like it was the same thing from when I was there at AC. It's just they're so over. One time, um, who's what's what's the names? It's Colton and who? Austin. Austin. Austin's the one with short hair, Colton's the one with long hair, Austin, right? Austin's the one with the short hair. He's the more charismatic of the two, in my opinion. Which is funny, because I think Austin is going to be the bigger star. Yeah. That guy, I think, you, you know the what? long hair. No, no. Uh, I think Austin's a younger one. The Austin's a younger one oh, that's, that's in right. a reality show. The The taller one is um the other uh, brother, Colton. Colton, Colton, yeah. All right, so that's who I'm, that's who I'm actually talking about. I'm talking about okay. Colton. And it was it was something so small that Colton did that made me like. But first off, like their both their facial expressions are on point. Like their comedic timing is on point. And I see that in both of them. But there was one time Colton was at ringside. He was waiting for a tag team, or uh, waiting for a tag. And you know the fans the entire time were saying, you know, ass boys, ass boys. And he's telling them to stop. He's yelling at them. So then they eventually switched and the fans started chanting, let's go ass boys. <laughs> and he's about to tell them to stop. And then he realizes that they're technically cheering for him. Right. So you just see him kind of like shrug and say, all right, go ahead. And then the crowd pops for him like doing that. And it was like those little things. And I'm like, yo, this kid's got it, man. This kid's going to be the star. Yeah, I think I thought he was the youngest one, but I'm not sure. I, he the, was the, the one out of the two to me that I, I find very, and they're both they're both uh, talented and they both have a lot of potential. But it's the, I mean, the, good, the, yeah. the shorter one of the two, which is Austin Gunn. To me, right. I sort of gravitate to this guy when during the pandemic or just to see how animated he was in the crowd. And I'm like, yo, this guy got it. Like he gets it. He definitely has like you're right. He has like a Jim Carrey face. Yeah, so, like that he can, so he gets yeah. it. Like he's very animated. So I'm like, oh, okay, this guy gets it. So, but yeah, they're they're both I'm, they're both very talented though. That's how you know a tag team or a group has it when people can have a conversation. Who do you? Who's your favorite? Right. Oh, this guy's for this reason. Like the Wu Tang Clan, everyone's gonna have a different opinion. Right. Who's your favorite rapper? Right. Who's your, who's your favorite you member of the group? The right. Exactly. So I think it's a good sign that we are we are over here discussing who's our favorite ass boy or who's got the who's the our favorite beat. ass boy. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine somebody tuning in right now. <laughs> that is a disgusting ass. All right. I thought this was a wrestling podcast. <laughs> I do. Let's let's get into some AEW Revolution predictions. I'm not going to cover the whole card. I'm just going to get into like some of the bigger matches. Uh, let's go with um. I'll start with this one because we got like an interesting. I don't know if it's going to be a permanent debut, but Eric Ro uh, Eric Rowan, Eric Redbeer, he's Redbeer. now joining right. joining um, Penta and Pac in this six man against the House of Black. I don't expect yeah. Eric Redbeer to stay with the company. I think this is like a one time deal or maybe like a per appearance thing. I don't see him staying, but even with this debut, I still see the House of Black getting this win. There's no way they're losing. A part of me almost thinks it's possible that Redbeard could join House of Black and they would just 
They I wouldn't be against forward. that either, though. He's a he's a better fit in yeah, the House, I mean, House of, Black. of Black. He has a better fit in right? House of Black. Like even just if you even just looks wise, he looks like a better fit than even Murphy does. Um, I love the vignette that they did for. I'm not sure if I saw a Dynamite or Rampage. Honestly, days still blend in right ever since the pandemic. But um, it was an awesome vignette they did, and seeing the way that they all kind of started they, each other. Right, they would like they would appear and then and then fade out. And and yeah, and he he the first word he'd say was the last word he was gonna say. So yeah, I I love that dynamic. So I do love the way these three are operating as the House of Black. But the House of Black has always felt like a stable that didn't need to be limited to just three. I I think having four could even make them more dynamic. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they necessarily want to invite the comparisons to the Wyatt family, which of course would happen the right. second right, right, right. Redbeard joins. Right, right, right. But I do think that if AEW does have plans for Redbeard to stick around past the, tonight, I think they might be contemplating that. That'd probably be written on the blackboard, okay. whether they circle it or not. We'll see. I definitely do go with House of Black for okay. the win tonight. And perhaps Redbeard being a traitor could be the reason why. Leo, any quick thoughts on this match or no? He's a better fit for House of Black. Maybe not have him turn right now, uh, but House of Black, I think, doesn't have to take the loss because you have to kind of build them. Um, I think what what you're having right now with what Brady was saying, uh, you don't want to get those comparisons because the the last thing you want is WWE light. Uh, And we haven't heard anything from uh, our boy Wyndham. So you think he have him show up tonight? I mean, it's it, 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 when it comes to AEW, it's never out of the question. But I don't think it would happen in a in a in a pre-show match, though. But it wouldn't happen in a pre-show. But match, but though. pause. Uh, to one of the things that we we were talking earlier on the show, Tony Khan really needs to stop saying I have you know a a, a blockbuster thing, right? Because I think this whole ROH, uh, you know, uh, mention and and you know reveal. Mm-hmm. Kind of got taken away from all these things. Oh, we got the perfect signing. Oh, we have the sign. Like maybe well, use other words. Yeah, but for wrestling culture, it is a big thing. No. AEW getting Ring of Honor. No, let's no, not, let's not let's not try to no, no, no. Not, like That's minimize that. But go, Brady. Go. And he did specify. He specified in advance. He's it like, wasn't a signing. Not be signing. Yeah, he did. He's say like, that. this is going to be news different than any news we've given. But I still think people will like it because it is big. Mm-hmm. But, but what I'm saying is this: like, if you look at it, right? And and real quick, I know we got to go through Revolution, but. If if he just lets it play out the way it's going to play out, where it, it blows up on social media, right? Then you're going to get more eyes on the product where the, it is that must-watch TV. But anyway, uh, uh, when... Dale. Go, Brady. Argument could be made that that is what Impact is doing. Okay. They put out great product and they hope... And wait, <laughs> and nobody and, and nobody's talking says. about it. Like if we <laughs> listen, but middle of the show we were talking about impact, and we ran. No, no, we no. talked about so many different great angles that nobody cares about. But but okay, so so it goes back, Brady, and, you, and you'll get this real quick, right? What we were talking about impact the other time, um, where I we ha- where I we told, have more social media. I told, I told them like, about like, that. I mentioned that again. Like like, yeah. I'm pretty sure that AEW has a better social media group than than AEW. We have a better social media group than a, than uh, impact. So, but again, no. So, so with everything that's going on, I think, yeah, Revolution, the pre-show, no, you're right. Uh, Wyndham is not going to show up. Um, but I think, again, yeah, Red uh, Redbeard is a better fit, fit for House of Black. For House of Black. Uh, yeah. We got a triple threat tag team title match, Jurassic Express, Red Dragon, and the Young Bucks. Uh, I, I don't want to be negative here, but I will say that since Jurassic Express won the titles, it feels like it doesn't really matter 
Um, I'll unfortunately, tell you why. And, I'll tell you why. And I'm gonna go. I'm listen. I'm gonna go with Red Dragon here. I think Kyle Riley, Bobby Fish, takes these tag titles. Interesting. So first off, I'll tell you why it feels like something's missing. It feels like it's not what it should be in terms of uh... Marco Stunt, baby. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's exactly what I was gonna fucking say, bro. Shout out bro. to Russ Friend Iridian because Iridian loves her some Marco Stunt. <laughs> Bro, not only do I love myself some Marco Stunt also, but I truly He's a great thought guy. Marco, I thought Marco fit with Jurassic Express yeah. so well. Like, like, like he brought so much to that. Even Jungle Boy's awesome entrance mm-hmm. where he comes out and everyone's singing it. Marco would always come yeah. out and have his own little swag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like legit, I truly think Marco was a big big part of this tandem and not only marco kind of just quietly disappearing um but the fact that they really did kind of just slip christian in like hey this is your marco stunt understudy this is what happened brady i'm gonna tell you what happened in in fantasy in fantasy terms okay what happened was (laughs) in fantasy terms in fantasy terms what ended up happening was Marco took the ooze from the Ninja Turtles 2 movie. He drank the ooze and became Christian Cage. That's what happened. All right. I mean, unfortunately, I've seen Marco stunt recently. It's just as small as ever. So as much as I'd love to believe that. And start my own search for ooze that could randomly turn me into a tag team legend. But no, I, I really like. I think that kind of booking does insult the fans' intelligence. No, I agree. A bit. I agree one thousand. It does make me think of WWE and stuff they've done a bit. And and as uh, Leo mentioned earlier, you know, you never want to give anyone a reason to say WWE light. So you really do want to stay away from any decisions that would be WWE ish. Um, I don't even think they call them Jurassic Express anymore, right? They, they just call them Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Like so, that alone is is you know a notch to them a notch against them and against all the momentum that was building i think everyone knows marco should have been a part of that big moment Mm -hmm. and him not being with them at all i think has kept the fans from even being as into them as they were and as they with that said i do think aew is pot committed to these guys i hope aew realizes that the re uh the red dragon Young Bucks feud is money with or without the belts. So I'm thinking, I'm not, I'm going to say, I think the Jurassic Express, I'm okay. calling it them anyway. Okay. I think they are going to win. And uh, yeah, the Young Bucks and uh, these guys will f- continue their feud. All right. Face of the Revolution ladder match Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Sarge, Warlord, Christian Cage. One thing about this ladder match, I think they're going to be in the Guinness World Record of a lot of man meat in this match, okay? Minus Ricky Starks and Christian Cage. There's a lot of man meat in this one. And listen, removing Christian Cage, like like from the, the conversation here, you could pretty much make an argument for each one of these guys individually. I'm, I'm torn between these three. Keith Lee, Arch Cassidy, and Warlow, but... I'm, I'm just to make a choice here. I'm going to go with Keith Lee. So first thing I'm going to say, um, I really like, I, I try not to get like upset about things like this, but Ethan page should have be Christian cage last night to qualify. That, Ethan page. That, that goes back match. to my conversation we had before. 
Right. But not even just for that. Like Christian Cage shouldn't even have been a qualifier. AEW really has to start sticking to their words. If you're calling this the face of the revolution, yes. come yes. on, man. Like, I love Christian, but I don't want no legends in this match. I want people who are going to be the face of the revolution. Okay? Christian's revolution was televised. Christian, Christian Cage was, is looking at the face of the revolution like this, Leo. Look, look, look. <laughs> but seriously, so, like, AEW's got a lot of people that I think could have easily fit this man. spot. Um, so I'm gonna say that mm-hmm. also real quick is the face of the revolution match. They still have that giant Cheerio, the, 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 <laughs> the golden, um, the brass ring, if you will, the that, that's still what they, they haven't changed that. That's still I, what they're fighting over. I, I think, I think it's still, you know, a brass ring. They're fighting over <laughs> bootios. <laughs> Yo, legit, bro. That shit looks like a giant Cheerio, man. Like I, I, I don't like that at all. I wish it would have been also, like a brief. I wish it was like a briefcase or something or something else. I don't know. I, I understand why they're not going to do a briefcase. Um, but like, I don't know something like off the top of my head. I don't even have a suggestion, but something other like something that looks better. Like it's got to be. It's got to look a, better. In a big like circle, like the it's like the Sonic the Hedgehog ring, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much what it is. Maybe is the Sonic maybe like the Hedgehog something. ring? Maybe a chain, like a chain that says <laughs> "Face the Revolution." I thought you were gonna okay. go somewhere else, yeah. Brady. I thought you were gonna be like, you know, just just hang a Slim Jim up. <laughs> well, that'd be fantastic. Ah. But if that's the case, if and, that's the and case, the match is sponsored by Slim Jim. Fa- there you go. Fantasy booking, baby. <laughs> If that's the case, we know Ricky Starks ain't winning shit, man. Okay, <laughs> Ricky Starks ain't in a Slim Jim. It's definitely going to be Hobbs or Keith Lee. The, the man got... meat. Yeah, they know the way I run some man And then also, this the winner of this match gets uh, almost immediate match. Not immediate, but like soon for the, the TNT, TNT Championship. championship. Right? Yep, yep. All right, I wish. I See... I'm sour to the face of the revolution match because I don't think like history hasn't taught us that it really means much. Like Scorpio sky wanted everyone freaked out. He was so hot. Then when he won that, the ring, he was so hot. He should have beat Cody Rhodes. For that TNT championship or Darby Allen. I Wait, who, was Cody champion? Was it was Cody? Cody champion? No, Darby. It was Darby. No, he should have been. Darby. Yeah, he was so hot. But he should have beat Darby. Like, no, but, that's the, but that's the problem. Darby was a new champion. So Scorpio couldn't beat Darby. And I knew that going in, which is why like, I hated it. And then I watched it happen exactly as I thought it would, where Scorpio got beat clean and then basically disappeared and had to be rebooted. You know what I mean? So, like, it's it's one of those things where I don't like the fact that this TNT match is probably going to happen relatively soon on an episode of Dynamite because Sammy's still relatively new or still relatively, you know, new to his current yeah. reign. Right, right. So I don't see him dropping the bell to either of these men. So it's like, and then it's called the face of the revolution. So you really want to get excited about the big win. It's an annual match, but I, I just, I just don't see it. Um, I, I, I think, uh, I think Wardlow and uh, Orange Cassidy have the best chances. Okay. I want to go with, I want to go with Keith Lee, but I also think AEW tries to steer clear of having right. the new signing right. immediately get the big win, even though, as I've kind of just illustrated, I don't think this win's going to be that big. Mm-hmm. But either way, I think Orange Cassidy's their guy 
he makes the most sense. Also, he's someone who can take a loss to Sammy and not actually lose anything. Wardlow winning is amazing for the storyline being right. told with MJ. Jeff, exactly. Yep. So um, I'm going to predict Wardlow just to kind of put that in the air and hopefully we get a good story out of this. Mm-hmm. But I do think Orange Cassidy is going to be the winner. Okay. So you're, you're pretty much like in the same boat as me because those are like the three picks that yeah. I, you know, okay. Uh, let's uh, let's move real quick. Uh, John Moxley, Brian Danielson. I expect this match to be a banger, and I'm going with my guy Mox, bro. I don't think he's uh, – I don't think Brian's winning this one. I I really want Brian Danielson to win. I think Brian Danielson should win because I think if he does lose to Moxley, which I, I think I, – I'm kind of with you. Like I do think odds are that's what happens. Mm-hmm. But now I just feel like we've seen Brian Danielson lose so much now at this point. Right. I know it doesn't feel like it's been so much, but with the hangman loss, and then you pair it with this one, and who have we seen him beat? Oh, Lee Moriarty. So right. it's like he hasn't, you know, so. I Brady stressed out over there. Uh, <laughs> Brady stressed right, out I'm, over <laughs> I'm going with you. I'm going with you. I think okay, Mox going with Mox. All right. Okay. So, second question: When Mox does beat Bryant, does do we get them? You know, starting something, or do you see Bryant turning on Mox? So, going into this week, like before Dynamite, I thought that it was actually going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like because with Moxley like saving D- Danielson from that attack. Well, he didn't 2. save 0. him. He just came out. Da- Danielson got exactly. beat. Uh, Daniels, Chris or Daniels got beat the fuck up. Right, mm-hmm. Danielson. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Christopher Daniels. Yeah, yeah, Christopher, yeah. He got beat. Well, the fuck well, up. well, that was this Friday. Right. So that's what I'm saying. So like before this Friday, oh, right, 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 I, right. I thought Moxley and Danielson were starting to get on the same page. Right. We were starting to see what it would look like when they were teaming up against a heel team. Also, if anyone's been listening to Danielson's like interviews, you know, other places. He's kind of been talking about how this storyline is really how he feels, how when he's backstage, he sees a lot of these wrestlers, these younger wrestlers who should be learning, but instead they're vlogging or they're laughing or doing whatever. And he's like, I want to take some of these guys that could be great and I want to show them how. And I really think, with you know, so it's like this is all his real feelings. I, I got to believe that this will actually be turned into a storyline, not just a, a two week program for one match. Right. So a part of me, I, I don't necessarily, but then after this Friday happened and we started seeing Danielson once again, Uber heel, mm-hmm. you know, so then it's kind of like, well, fuck, maybe they're not going that way. So I do think something's going to come with it. I think okay. Danielson's going to be doing this with someone. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know if it's going to be happening with Moxley. Well, you mentioned Cesaro before, maybe, so we'll see. <laughs> you mentioned Cesaro. Cesaro. Yeah, maybe Cesaro. All right, uh, Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston. Listen, these, these promo, the promo that we got a, a couple weeks ago was fucking amazing, man. Um, I, I love the 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 Jericho is just a master of his craft, and Eddie Kingston is just fucking great on the mic. But I think Eddie Kingston gets gets the big one here. I think he's gonna finally get that win. I think he's gonna get a big one, and I think depending what route we want to go here after the match, that's going to be the further story. Does Chris Jericho just turn? Does he be a scumbag? Or does he really give the respect to Eddie Kingston? Because then you also have the 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 other lingering storyline with the inner circle with uh, Proud and Powerful with Ortiz and Santana because they've kind of been kind of stuck in between. So what do we get here? But I think Eddie Kingston picks up the win. 
I would love to see that happen. Oh, Unfortunately, and I don't know if this is like Eddie Kingston, if he's actually at his best when he's doing this, or if I've just seen him doing this the most. Um, so that's why I've seen him, you know, kill it the most. But I feel like Eddie Kingston's almost more effective in defeat than mm-hmm. he is in victory. For example, Eddie Kingston beats Chris Jericho. He gets the big one. Chris Jericho gives him a handshake. Okay, then what? Right. What does, he mean? Is he, does he does he challenge Hangman? Does mm-hmm. he challenge Sammy? Mm-hmm. Does he challenge MJF because someone needs to shut him up? What's next, really? Does he challenge Ricky like... Starks for the FTW Championship? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, that's really the title he was, born, he was born to wear, man. <laughs> so, so it's one of those things where I almost feel like there's most of those questions are answered more clearly when he loses. And there's that follow-up story also, I feel like we're kind of getting Chris Jericho for whatever's next. Jericho seems to be leaning into that heel role. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see Jericho pulling out some dirty tricks mm-hmm. and beating Eddie Kingston. Uh, I, I, I don't want it. I, I do want Eddie Kingston to win the big one. And then I want him to smack Jericho in his face and say, you ain't the big one, bitch. You're just Chris Jericho. Like, like I, it, I want him. But to- if that happens, then the feud has to continue. Yeah. The feud should continue because, like I said, if Eddie Kingston wins, what's next? Right. So, right. and the feud doesn't have to continue in another one-on-one, as you said. There's pride and powerful. So you who have else like gets it? A, a, a version of uh, one of the versions of LAX reuniting versus I don't know Jericho and you know with the rest of the inner circle or whatever's left of the inner circle. I don't know. They, they can figure something there's, out there. There's a whole bunch of different ways yeah. that they can go with it. Mm-hmm. For for the record, like when I listen to Jericho promos for this feud it does sound like he's building it up so much to put over kingston yeah like it does seem like this is him trying to get kingston the rub and that his job in this program is to make kingston bigger than he started in it we've seen jericho do this time and time again Mm -hmm. so i think it makes the most sense like i want kingston to go over there's just something about this where i don't think it happens like, I just, I, I don't think he gets it yet. And maybe it's because Jericho just, re- they kind of just started building in this match like two weeks ago. Like they yeah. started a while yeah. ago, but he really just gave that big one speech like a week or two ago. Yeah. So it feels like this is too rushed for Kingston to win and for it to actually be the big one. So for that reason, I got to go Jericho getting a dirty win. Okay. And then, and I think Kingston will eventually get the big one. I like that idea. Now, there was pictures that people were sending around when when the Cesaro news broke out of him and Kingston together. And they were like, I don't care what happens. I just want to see both of these guys together. So what if you build up to that from this dirty win? You know, just throwing it out there. Well, you have to. We have to figure out a way. If, if that was to happen, we need to figure out a way how to plug in Cesaro in that. But I don't see. No, no, because I'm saying Kingston, Kingston has always talked about like all the things that he has to go. He has gone through. You know, even with the promos with Pride and Powerful, it was always that. Like, hey, we had your back when nobody else had your back. So now you build up to that. Again, just just an idea. Throw it out there. Throw it. Kingston is the ultimate utility player. You can literally spin the wheel, and whoever wrestler you put on, male or female, you can pair him up. And he can make it work. He can make it make sense. He can do the best Mm -hmm. with it. Except for bombs. And exploding rings. Oh, except oh. For- oh. Oh. we can't put that on Kingston. Kingston didn't have nothing to do with that. Oh no. <laughs>
<laughs> Come on. It was a layup, bro. All right. It was a layup. All Done. right. Uh, CM Punk versus MJF in a dark collar match. Man, this this feud has been fucking amazing. The I, and I know Brady, for you that MJF. Uh, I, I'm I'm sure it must have like you know. It, I don't know how you took it because you know you're you're Jewish, so I don't know how you felt about the ADD riddled Jew boy for life. I so I don't know how you felt about that that promo, but just how you brought it back this past week, where MJF is just a scumbag or whatever. And if you if you've been following CM Punk's career, you know going back to his early days of Ring of Honor, you see some of those elements in their promos from yep. old CM Punk from Ring of Honor. I love this shoot so much, but. You know what? I'm going with CM Punk, and I see some Warlow shenanigans happening here. I don't know. Toss MJF the match. Maybe not, not, not like he meant to do it, but maybe something happens where Warlow does cost MJF the match. That's what I see happening. Uh, what's your take on this whole feud and this match? Nah, if it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. I think once again, MJF Warlow. Wardlow against his will will okay. help MJ as he's supposed to do. Okay. And I think MJF once again gets a not that any win can be dirty in a dog collar match, but he will certainly get an assisted win in this dog collar match. Um, and who knows? I mean, there's so many reasons for MJF to win. Like Wardlow needs to do it for that storyline purpose and that amazing story they're telling, but also he's got the pinnacle. And I don't think any of those guys have matches tonight. No. So FTR no. come out. I, I, you know, I'm not you know sure damn well Sean Spears don't have a match because let's, 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 let's be honest. <laughs> he, has, he has a chair, though. Yeah. So I don't know if there's a stipulation for bending these yo, guys. How does Sean but... Spears have such a great entrance theme, but they do nothing with my man, bro? It's such a great theme. Hey, yo, it's such. A it's great... a very underrated theme. And like, it, you kind of wish it, went, it It was for somebody else. That's how Perhaps, good it is. Props to Sean Spears, though, because... He's is taking this ridiculous wacky um, role. Pretty funny. Account yeah. account the bill, buddy. Mm -hmm. He's he's making it work he's for, for it work. the best. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's making, making it work. work. You know, he's doing it. It's stupid, but it's a way to keep him involved in one of the more compelling storylines, which is the MJF Wardlow. Um. So yeah, I do think Wardlow will help MJF win. I could even see this win making MJF the uh, new number one contender, allowing him to slide into the long-awaited world title match for right. himself. Right. Okay. Women's championship match. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, defending her women's title against Thunder Rosa. And I'm going with my girl, Thunder Rosa. I think she takes it. I think it's her time. She's going to be the face of the women's division. Big thunder. Listen, I love both women here. I think they're both awesome. But I think it's time. I think um, I think it's Thunder Rosa's time, especially a year ago. About It's almost it's go almost going to be a year ago where they had that incredible lights out match. You know, fast forward another year later, I, I think um, I think Thunder Rosa takes it. I think she's going to be our new AEW women's champion after tonight. Yeah, I am. Um... I agree. I, I've been saying it for a while um, because when the TBS championship tournament was happening, everyone was saying Thunder Rosa, Thunder Rosa. And I'm like, nah. And I, I didn't even think Thunder should be in the tournament right. at all, to be honest. I called I'm it was going to be Jade Cargill. The second they announced the title, right. I knew it was going to be Jade. But I was like, Thunder is not winning that because she's going to be the one to dethrone Britt. And I love the way they did it, where Britt Baker had that amazing match with Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa wins. 
But Thunder Rosa is not actually at the time an AEW contracted talent. She's still with NWA. So who gets the push? Well, it's Britt. How does she get the push? Well, she's got to talk her way into it. So Britt loses, but continues to talk her way onto the throne, eventually making it so that like, she means more than any woman on the roster, wins the championship, and then eventually Thunder Rosa signs with AEW. So, and, and like, but Britt Baker's still the one that won after that, but Thunder Rosa is the one that won. So this match... And this changing of the guard is inevitable, in my opinion. I think uh, Thunder Rosa does beat Britt Baker. The only thing, I, I did read a report says Thunder Rosa like might have an injury. They oh, said that it's not no. supposed to be too serious, okay. and she is going to wrestle, but they're keeping an eye on it. I think it was a shoulder injury. Oh, no. So I don't know what's going on with that. I hope that doesn't mean that they would change their plans or Me anything too. like that. Me too. With that said, Britt Baker does have... Um, you know, her girls beside her. Right. So if Rebecca was to get past Thunder Rosa, she might do it in a dirty way. And then hopefully that would constitute reason for a rematch. And we can still keep Thunder Rosa in the title hunt while she has to heal up. I hope, I hope, the- I hope the injury does not play a factor. And I really hope Thunder Rosa wins this, but let's get to the main event. Hangman page defending his world championship against Adam Cole, the battle of the Adams, if you will. Oh, man, listen, um, I'm going with Hangman Page, but I just want to throw a couple things out here because I I just have to point this out. I'm going with Hangman Page here because ultimately what I want is I want MJF to be the guy that takes the title from Hangman Page. Okay, that's ultimately what I want. Uh, I think it could happen at Double or Nothing. That's what I would do if I had the pen. But I I just have to point this out because I like both guys here. I'm a big Adam Cole fan, and I think – Adam Page, I'm happy that he won the world title. But with all that being said, something about Hangman Page's title run feels a little off. Like, he's been putting on incredible matches, but just how the way he's getting portrayed on TV feels like he's not the main guy, or if it, it feels like it's not the main story. I don't know if you feel that way. I don't know if that's... it's it's. I'm not saying that his title run is underwhelming, but I feel like the chase of the title was bigger and meant more, in my opinion, than him ultimately having the world title. I agree. I 100% agree. I think part of that is how big um, and how great of a job Kenny Omega did as champion. So that's why it felt so big. Also, the story they told practically started the day AEW began. You know what I mean? Like, like that whole story began before either of them were close to the being AEW champion. So, so that was just another testament. What a fantastic story they told. Um, another reason that maybe that is, is the fact that Kenny Omega then kind of just like left. Right. And so then Hangman kind of has to start brand new things. And so he's having great matches with like Lance Archer, but Lance Archer has not been built up to actually mean anything. So yeah, great match. But no story. Phenomenal, no phenomenal match, but there was no story. Phenomenal match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe this, let me, let me throw another reason at you as to why maybe you're feeling what you're feeling. And this is where, like, you know, a blessing could be a curse. AEW does this thing, and they've been doing it for a while, and, and a lot of us enjoy this about them, where just because you're the AEW champion does not mean you're the main event. 
and they really do spread that main event love around whether they're letting the women main event whether they're giving it to the dark order in a tag team or a trios match you know the the main event spot has been held by a lot of different people recently and neither of them have been the, the aw champion maybe when kenny omega was champion or even when moxley or jericho was champion that was okay because they were kind of bigger more established established but perhaps more established but perhaps with hangman when he wins his title loses his number one nemesis immediately and now he's not even main eventing maybe you know what i mean and granted we understand as like wrestling of course, heads we of course, know of course why him and uh danielson have to open the show mm-hmm. instead of main eventing we get the logistics of it and how if you're going to give them an hour you got to give them that first hour you can't give them the second because of time constraints but at the same time so i'm wondering if maybe those type of things are also reasons you know what know. it's funny that you mentioned because i think i started feeling that way after the brian feud was over after the Brian feud was over, like, Heyman... Because that was a story right. that, that was getting legs, and Hang, then phew, right. over. After the Brian story was over, the Hangman page, uh, the presentation, and just, like I said, great performer. He's pretty good on the mic. It just feels not as important, and especially when Adam Cole is telling you, listen, when I showed up in this company, you're just now known as the other Adam. You know, it, it from... From a guy that's not probably invested in some in in all the characters of AEW for the people that you know watch all wrestling but only care about certain things, right? They look at Adam Cole and Adam Cole is like it's Adam Cole, right? You look at him, he's he's someone can make the argument he's like a modern day Sean, you know. But then you look at him and Page and you're like, yeah, you kind of are the other Adam. I'm not saying I feel that way, but I can see how right. people do. Here's what AEW needed to do with Hangman. Um, and RUB still still should while he still has the belt. You have Hangman come out and, you know, cutting his cowboy shit promos and talking about how I'm a fighting champion and I run this place. I fought tooth and nail to get this. No one's taking it from me. Yada, yada. And then you have the AEW heels of all parts of the card. You know, like a Ricky Starks, for example. You have Ricky Starks come out. He can talk the talk. He can walk the walk. Have him either talk for Hobbs to challenge, have him talk for himself to challenge. Hell, have him talk for Hook, but let these undercard guys who can easily hang with anyone, let them challenge, make title matches more common on Dynamite mm-hmm. with guys like that. And then that way, like I said, you you can get three title matches out of Team Taz easy. Yeah, and that's just yeah. one heel tag team. You know what I mean? You can go through them, and then and and at least let Hangman talk. Like I said, have him give his promos, and then have somebody who can go back and forth, and then maybe you build to that match for the next week or whatever. But but give us more to talk about and more time for him to establish himself as the guy. Um, also, it obviously gives rubs to everyone across the card and really hams up his resume, kind of what we've seen them do in the past with the TNT championship, right. where you'll take guys that are mostly wrestling on dark or elevation, give them a dynamite match to gas up the championship brain a little bit. 
So I, I, I think they really need to do that. I'm with you. I do think Hangman needs to drop that title to MJF, which is why I alluded earlier. Right. I think MJF can beat CM Punk and then phew, right over to championship time. So I do think Hangman Page beats Adam Cole. Unfortunately, I think maybe, I don't know if maybe they'd pull another uh, baby face out for a little while. But if we are reaching MJF territory, it does kind of mean that we're reaching them pulling the plug on the hangman reign. And if that's the case, that is a dis- it is a bit of a disappointing reign when you consider how white, yeah. Yeah. hot, yeah. Yeah. everything he did was. He was the most over baby face in all of wrestling. He was. And, and it does feel he's cooled down a little bit. Um, the emphasis seems to be on almost everyone else other than him. And I don't know if maybe that's just the Kenny Omega gave us someone to hate so well that it was just <laughs> no, like yeah. really, like Kenny yeah. Omega just came out really with the, the hammy entrance mm-hmm. and the glasses and the, the old school Triple H handlebar mustache. Like he really committed to making us hate him. That I think that kind of made Hangman more of a hero than he, you know, like just enhanced it mm-hmm. and now there's nobody else unfortunately the the closest person he's going to have to that type of villain is going to be mjf but that story is mjf's to win so mm-hmm. i do that that's it man that's our revolution uh you know we didn't go through the whole car but that's for we covered most of the card brady man this was fun man every time we get together whether it's on a show or just together in general we could just talk for hours there's been times that we've Two and been. A half. At, there's been times that we've been like at a bar after a show, and we're just going and going and going. Yep. And there's been either like Danielle or Tone just looking at us like, "What are these dudes talking about? Are they gonna shut the fuck up?" <laughs> Brady, thank you so much, bro. I really appreciate this. Uh, we got to do this again, bro. We got to do this again, man. We got to do this again. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much. I always appreciate you guys. Anytime the Lucha Outsiders hit my line, you know I got the time. Uh, anything you want to plug, bro? Anything you want to announce? Anything you want to just plug away, bro? The the floor is yours. Nah, man, you guys know what it is. At the heel marks everywhere. Check us out. Uh, check out what we do. And uh, yeah, man, yo, anytime you guys, uh, you know, pay per views tonight, mm-hmm. Mario. You ever you ever want to go go live? You know what? Maybe we'll do. May, yeah, we'll do we'll do an instant recap uh, re- uh, recap tonight. We'll do that. If you're listening to the podcast version and you listen to this on a Monday, that means the instant recap already happened. But <laughs> oh, we in the future, baby. Yeah, we're we in the future. <laughs> but yeah, we'll do we'll do an uh, we'll do an instant uh, uh, reaction on on IG tonight. I think that would be cool. Cool, brother. Le- and and Leo, I, I I love you, brother. Next time I see you, I'm gonna kiss that head. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I don't know, man. You you kind of messed me up with the with the whole you know beard and and bald look. You know, I didn't get to shave this morning. You're making me look like shit. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm making you look like shit, bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> you didn't shave. You yeah. made yourself look like shit. No. <laughs> I was waiting for Ryan. You know, there's only one room for a bald bearded guy in the show. Oh my so, god, we gotta, we definitely gotta do this again. Leo, give me your plugs. I again. remember the first time we, I, I when we came over and recorded with you guys. I think, I think it was the first time. It might have been like a time we was doing a Zoom or whatever. But I remember, I, I like, I came at Leo. I was like, "You claim to be bald and proud. You wear yeah, a hat." It, it was. Like, I remember exactly what happened. The what happened was in the early days of Lucha Outsiders when the heel marks were getting being good brothers yeah. and giving us the rub. Yes. Okay. Leo took the initiative to throw shade at the heel marks for yes. no apparent reason. Uh, so for I like ep- that. That so was fun. for <laughs> episodes back and forth, Leo yes. and you guys were just throwing shade at each other, and then we had the big um, crossover episode. 
Yeah. But it was all fun. That was yeah. all fun. But I remember, so I was, so like, he was wearing a hat and I was like yelling at him. I was like, you bald and proud, you're wearing a hat. And he took his hat off. He's like, that's because I didn't shave today. Yeah. I was like, all right, well, I understand. I get it. I understand. Wait. We, we all have those days, right? I mean, I don't, but okay. I, I never wear hats, <laughs> but if it's ever, if it's ever that day where it's like, ah, oh, shit, I was supposed to shave yesterday. All right. Let me throw the hat on. See, that's what people the- don't understand. And, and we can vent now. We can vent. That's what people with hair don't understand. You guys just get up, you go, and you're good to go. No, it's a whole process to make Leo look like Brady. Just saying. <laughs> Leo, here's the thing, though. A lot of these people, they, they be just getting up and and they look worse than we ever would, bro. A lot of these people need to give that shit up. A lot of their hair is looking sad. They got bald spots. They fucking this hair is super thin. You can see right through it. The comb over. The comb over. The comb over. <laughs> comb over, man. Listen, it's because there's stigma about yeah. the bald people. You know, it's funny. I was at a party. And I was talking about. I was like, I was like, we are the only people that people can discriminate against openly. And my friend Steve was like, Oh yeah, we are Jews, right? I'm like. What are you talking about? Nick Cannon damn near lost his house trying to make fun of Jews. People can't come at the Jews. Yeah. Bald people, motherfucker. And then he like, yeah, yeah. And he's been taking like Rogaine and shit for years. So he like stepped no, away. No, no, like, no, right. no, no, no. See, see what happens with Rogaine, oh and you can cut God. this part. What happens with Rogaine is once you start, you, once you stop taking that shit, it falls out fast. Oh, yeah, your hair's done. I, I knew that when I had hair. So I was like, if I ever get bald, yeah. I'm just not going to wear Rogaine. But anyway, we're here. Remember, luchaoutsiders.com where you can go and get all your news of everything that's going on you can follow us on instagram uh and and all the other good stuff just just know this i'm proud to be bald and i'm proud to be old let's go <laughs> all right there you go you can find well, well, you can find me at rated r since 87 but make sure you follow us at lucha outsiders everywhere instagram facebook and twitter if you miss anything or everything on today's episode make sure to download and subscribe to the podcast version of the show i to soundcloud you want to be fancy apple podcast tune in la mezcla app lowstradio.com stitcher spotify iheart radio wherever you get your podcast needs and that is it <laughs> We, we have to put bold and old on a shirt. <laughs> Listen, when I when I write the recap, when we type the re- when I type the recap of the show, whatever, to close the show, Brady and Leo have a conversation of baldness. <laughs> Bro, you, you know you know we can make a whole podcast. It just like struggles that bold people go through, and you people have no idea. Listen, man, oh, I, have, I have nothing. The bold, bold cast. cast. There you go. <laughs> There you go. Leo and, and Brady already have a new podcast name. The, the, Yo, wor- the worst. So Leo, go, go. Have you heard of this thing called Bald Fest? The what? Bald Fest. Oh, my God. No, I haven't. What is it? Have you heard of this rapper named Kosha Dills? No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, that, I'm not that in. <laughs> All right. Well, he's a bald Jewish rapper. I only heard of him because of this. I don't think he's, like, truly famous or nothing. But anyway, he's the founder of this thing called Bald Fest. Uh-huh. And it's like this festival that celebrates baldness. They, I think they only did it once, but Fat Joe was there. Like, nice. they had bald trivia, bald DJs. Like, everybody was bald. Wow. I fucking hit them up. I'm trying to fucking figure out. Like, I'm trying to, like, wait, where is this bald thing? How can I do it? How do I go? How do I get in there? Yo, but, Bra- yeah. Brady, Brady, the, the bald cast is coming soon to Los Radio, baby. Let's bald do it. Cast. The, the worst part, Mario, when you shave and you forget the one spot in the back and you forget to check and somebody goes, hey, you forgot to shave back there. That's why you go to a barber, bro. No, man. No, see, that is, 
that is the that is the worst. It, it, it's always like I'll be leaving my house oh, with my hand. Over. It's, it's all right. Oh. Let's go. Poor Let's Brady go. from the heel marks. The old man Leo. Ryan Radar. That's not here. I'm your truly Mr. Radar. Until next time, keep it Radar and stay too sweet. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. And good night. <laughs> <laughs>